0: Talk Live 855 453. That's the sacral toll free call in line here on Free Talk Live's live Sunday edition. 855 450 3733. You can call in and talk about whatever you want to talk about. That's what we do here on Free Talk Live. It's an interactive show. We've got an interactive website. You can go to freetalklive.com, link to blog posts or news stories or whatever it is that you think is important that other people need to see. You can go link to it there and you know, a lot of people are going to see it. You can people, you can vote up other people's articles. They can vote yours up, vote them down. That's how it works at freetalklive.com. It's Mark and Brett and Stephanie and Mark. You're back. That's right. I was. I've been away for a week. <laughs> unexpectedly. Well, uh, one one day early, so I gave you a call and thought, eh, you know, we'll see if Stephanie's got an open open chair. Indeed, you did. You yep. welcomed me. Glad on. you did, Mark. But I, you know, you were you were to man, woman, the man, uh, <laughs> the the, the main mic here, <laughs> and um, I, you, you gladly gave it over. So here, here I am at uh, you know one day early from the vacation. I took the Just couldn't
1: uh, get wait to get back to work. Yeah,
0: the, I took the fam damley to uh, uh, out to Maine, and we uh, you know went around saw some touristy thing. It's really the end of the season. Mm. It's getting a little cold there in Maine. We uh, went and saw some things, and the
1: the trees. I think it's past the peak foliage here in Keen. New Hampshire, where I, we're broadcasting from.
0: I think that, you know, I, I think it passed me by. I don't even know what day it happened, the peak. Um, hmm. You know, there were some pretty trees. A couple weeks there ago. There still are. I'm not sure. I mean, it's, there's still <laughs> plenty of green trees out there. I think it's a funny, funny season. Well, some
1: trees don't lose their leaves. Uh, no, some I meant... trees the, are always
0: green. I, I meant the leaves, uh, I get, as gotcha. opposed to the, the needles or something <laughs> like that.
1: So what did you see in Maine that was surprising or interesting or... Well, I saw um,
0: one of our stations. I went to WEGP and uh, saw Pat, the uh, program director there, and I had a really great time. It was was nice. It was one of the highlights of the trip. It was awesome, and um, you know, saw how a little station, his station, worked. Not little, by the way, it's twenty five thousand watts, and it was it was great. I also, interestingly, you know, uh, the world's a little different when you drive an RV. Nobody has to wear a seatbelt, or at least you, I don't think you have to wear it if you're not sitting in the front seats. In New Hampshire, you wouldn't have to wear them anyway, And I, but I went to Maine.
1: Well, how can you really be sure? I mean, those laws are different everywhere, and it's so confusing I, to have to keep up with all of them. I, I had, didn't check into any of this, but it's my understanding that on, a, on an RV, and you guys
0: can could correct me if you've heard something different, but in an RV, you can uh, have an open container. Hmm. You can drink Without, not drink while driving, uh, but you can have an open container because that way the wife can sit back at there at some table in the back and have a beer while the husband drives, or vice versa. And
1: I think that's a question for Google. <laughs>
0: <laughs> now, the states, in between the states, they don't have, like, checkpoints
2: before you go into a state. They stop you and make sure you know all the laws. They don't have
0: anything like that? <laughs> not yet, uh, no? Well, yeah. Actually, in Maine, they do have a bit of a, a rundown of the laws because you're coming from New Hampshire and the laws are so much more strict in Maine. Mm-hmm. In many cases, they do have, uh, they do you know, they, they warn you to buckle up or we'll get you and well you that know kind of that thing.
1: that reminds me the first time i came to new hampshire like when I was investigating moving here as part of the Free State Project. This was about six or seven years ago, maybe at this From point. From Massachusetts? Yeah, I lived in Massachusetts before, and they had this seatbelt law. And everywhere you went, you'd see click it or ticket. Like yeah. it was really imposing and really scary. But once you cross the border into New Hampshire, it says, welcome to New Hampshire, common sense for all. And it mm-hmm. has a picture of a seatbelt and something like under 18, wear a seatbelt, mm-hmm. common sense for all. And I was like, you know. That sounds a lot nicer, you know. Yeah. It sounds a lot more welcoming. So troopers a are nice patrolling experience. the
0: highways this weekend, and they're looking for people like you—you you people without seatbelts. Did you ever click seen, it or ticket? I mean, have you heard those?
3: Radio I, commercials? I wonder what yeah. that they sound meeting is like. Just like, like that, yeah—the <laughs> meeting
2: where they say, "How can we use people's tax money to like threaten them?"
1: More? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 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 have you ever seen that that uh, commercial? It was something like the Pennsylvania State income tax department or something had oh, this yes. really creepy yeah. commercial where the, it was like an aerial GPS satellite view yeah. and it picked up on someone's house and it zoomed in and it said, we know when you're cheating on your state taxes. So you better watch out because we're going to find you or something to that extent. Oh, they ex- knew ex- this guy's name. They oh.
2: knew
0: that he had a boat and I,
3: what he was driving, <laughs> right. they were
0: right in his yard.
1: It's yeah. bizarre
0: stuff. Another thing about it is uh, I went from New Hampshire where we have uh, state uh, liquor stores, and um, by the way, some of the lowest liquor prices, and I, I couldn't tell you why. I haven't investigated the.
1: Really, the I thought they were lower in Vermont. Actually, I think that they're lower in, in um, New Hampshire. I don't know. I'm not an avid connoisseur. No, I don't think you drink When was the last time you had drank an
0: alcoholic beverage?
1: <laughs> yeah,
0: I don't know. It's, it's been a I long can't time. remember. <laughs> it's either very, very recently, or a very long time. If you can't it was remember. a long time ago. Yeah, Um but. You know, in in Maine, you can buy liquor right in the grocery store. So somehow right there across some little arbitrary line that some guy who died 400 years ago drew, you know, you you can go to a grocery store and buy liquor. And you know what? It is an anarchy over there. People aren't stabbing each other in the eye in the grocery store in order to get the... uh, I mean, I don't know what people imagine these terrible things would be if you just sold liquor in a grocery store where people would want to have it. Mm-hmm. But it's ludicrous.
1: Yeah, I don't think anyone really imagines anarchy, but the state bureaucrats are just so insistent that they have that monopoly so that people can't compete with them and erode into their profits. I,
0: I guess. I mean, I, I, I've heard that the the liquor stores run in the red. Maybe I'm yeah, wrong. Yeah. On
2: that's, that one. I don't believe that that's a money-making operation. <laughs> the way it's run, yeah. It,
0: it has
1: been at some points in the past, though, I think. It, it may very
0: well be. I, I, I can't speak from... I mean,
1: they, it's clear that they don't do it for safety reasons because they have the liquor stores right on the side of the road. And, and, I mean, truck
0: stops! The side of the highway! Rest
1: stops! <laughs> yeah. They have
0: liquor stores in rest stops. You could not even have to get off the interstate. You just pull over grab your liquor and go. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah. In, it's completely insane. So, no drive through yet, though. No drive through
1: Yes. Give them some time. Well, that, actually, that would be probably too uh, creative and too entrepreneurial <laughs> for them to implement as part of a bureaucracy.
0: Now, there's a, another problem that's uh, lurking in some people's minds that likely they'll want the government to uh, get into sometime in the relatively near future, and that is those darn fertile women. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and them well they're not they're, having babies me, they're not a problem according to the pope oh, the i pope? mean of course you know catholic the pope is very against birth control and maintains that it's not a good thing despite in the developing world there's all these uh, really high maternal mortality. You know, mm-hmm. women die giving birth in a lot of places. And there are too many children to be fed and taken care of. But nope, you can't use a condom. That would just be a mortal sin.
0: Yeah. And, and you know, and the idea, it, I mean, it seems ludicrous. Not to
1: mention HIV prevention, you know, all this other stuff. So It seems insane sad state of to affairs. me
0: um, why someone would suggest that you shouldn't use a condom. Shouldn't that same? I, I guess the idea there is, is that, you don't want to get in the way of what God would have happen in between the eggs and the sperm and all that stuff, right? Like, God has to be able to control that.
1: Every egg. Every time a woman gets her period and doesn't get pregnant, that's a missed opportunity for another soul. But isn't, isn't the
0: same um, explanation? But I don't know. I mean, God could overcome that if he wanted to. I mean, if it was really about creating uh, – if you're going to kill off the next Jesus, God can handle that. He can put a hole in a condom and we'll be just fine. But, I mean, what about not washing your hands? Isn't that a missed opportunity for somebody to die of the flu? I yeah. mean, looking both – what about looking both weeks before you cross the street? Isn't that the missed opportunity for somebody to hit hit by a bus? I don't understand
1: why you would intervene in what is natural. I guess in well, one they be- case they believe that people should only be having sex if they're in a marriage and they are going to stay, you know, have the goal in that marriage of having as many children as possible and raising them all as Catholics, right? And I mean, I'm sure it's not just Catholicism, but that's the example that comes to mind as really prominent. You know, I, it's the only one I can think. Well, of. I, I think it,
2: it is too. What it continues to be is that it's basically, you know, that religion is a perpetual attack, not just on children, like so many organized religions are, yeah. Uh, yeah. but women. Yes. You know, and that goes back a long, long time.
1: Absolutely. You know, I, I, I think people 100%. should, uh,
0: you know, not have to use condoms and prophylactics if they wish not to, and I think they should be able to use them if they want to. Yeah. And. You know, the, I either way here. It just seems insane. But
1: we a condom is a pretty old technology. It's I mean, pretty they've old been technology. Been around for a hundred years, and people, I don't know why they don't have a male pill yet. I mean, to me, actually, this is, I'm a little bit familiar with this because I. So, for our listeners who aren't familiar, I'm in medical school, so I know a little bit about the history of this. There have been many attempts at developing male birth control pills, but one of them failed because it made their hair fall out. So they no would, guy's gonna go for that, <laughs> right? <laughs> right. And uh, another one is a combination of testosterone and progesterone, and that's kind of in the pipeline. But there aren't too many men who want to take progesterone, which is a female hormone, and it's kind of the it's dose has to, to be already. different in every person, and so mm. there's some problems with it. Yeah. But vasectomy is very reliable, and you know, pretty cheap, and condoms, of course, protect against STDs. The only form of birth control that does that. So,
0: you, I, you know, it, it, it's a very uh, difficult position for a single guy to be out having sex. Uh, you never know what's going to happen. 855 3733, free talk live.
4: The first secret to success is recognizing opportunity. The second is to act on it. But how do you gain the skills to know how and when? AllSuccessClub.com. Meet successful individuals online and in exotic locations around the world. Find out from the rich and famous how they went from rags to riches and learn how to achieve financial independence for yourself. Your path to success begins now at allsuccessclub.com.
0: 855-453 that's the sickle toll free call in line 855 450 3733 you can call in and talk about whatever you want to talk about we've been talking about well there's a lot of people on planet earth and there's a new article apparently we've reached some kind of milestone and people like zeros zeros are milestones so we'll uh, get into that in just a second here but uh, i suppose yep <laughs> it's mark and brett and stephanie so brett tell us about uh, your podcast My podcast is called uh, School Sucks. The
2: website is schoolsucksproject.com. The show has been off since August, but we will be coming back within the next week or so. I had to prioritize work over that project.
1: It's great to hear that you'll be coming back because I really enjoy it. What gives you the ability to say School Sucks?
2: (laughs) A lot of people ask me that. Well, you know, I was was a product of that system, so I spent 12 years there, and I've spent the last 10 working uh, in and around... Uh, the public schools. I currently work as a tutor. I'm the vice president of a tutoring company. And I interact with a lot of kids, a lot of different ages. I've worked with homeschoolers, I've worked with unschoolers, I've seen the successes there. And, uh, you know, I've seen some real tragedies that have uh, have taken place with kids in the public schools and even outside of the public schools in state-subsidized or state-regulated private schools and boarding schools. So I've had Quite a bit of and when you,
1: when you say school sucks, um, it's kind of a double entendre, right? Because it could be taken in the way that kids typically mean it, like, oh, this sucks, I don't yeah, want to yeah, be here. Sure. But also that it sucks the creativity and the passion and the drive and motivation right out of people's souls.
3: Yeah, really. uh, sort
2: of our best natural abilities for, for too many that are so present at age four, five, six, seem to just be completely... Uh, absent by the time they're 17 or 18. And of course, it sucks uh, money out of the pockets of hardworking, productive people.
0: Well, it's, you know, it also sucks the education away from um, other kids. I mean, I'm in a uh, situation, my kid's uh, three and a half, and we've already started educating him. We're buying him educational materials and working with him. I'm sure many parents do the same thing that send their kids to to school, too, but we're likely to uh, homeschool or or unschool or something like that. Some kind of, uh, you know, whatever fits our family and every dollar that somebody that the, the government takes to educate somebody else's kid, they're taking from the education of my kid because I could be buying more stuff there. You know, there are things out there that I would like to buy my kid in order to educate him better. But, um you know, hey, it doesn't matter. We've got a plan and your kid doesn't fit that plan. Right. Exactly. And that is what sucks the most. Government is just, you know, steals from one person, breaks your leg and then hands you a crutch. You know, we're going to we're going to make it so you ed- can't can't educate your own kid and then we'll provide you with crappy education. The 20% of the people who graduate from are functionally illiterate in some cases up to 40% and You're going to tell you that it's so important. We'll put bumper stickers in the back of our uh, government-paid teachers that say, if you could read this, thank us. No, I'm not going to thank you. I haven't seen those. Thanks for nothing.
2: (laughs) And, you know, if you look at the the origins of the system and the people who wrote about it, even, you know, John Dewey, Horace Mann, some of the people who are the most revered, when you go to, uh, you know, study education at the college level or at the graduate level, these are the heroes. And if you Mm. look at some of their intentions, uh, it's funny, school – Government school actually works quite well. If you look at their stated goals to push everybody together into a mold, to have people who can't think outside of certain boxes. You know, we see that in the world we, li- we live in today so much. Um, two different groups who seem so diametrically opposed to each other, you know, but they both they say, I'm unhappy with how things are going and I'm also going to take some action to do something. So we have the Tea Party and uh, the these Occupy people mm-hmm. and they seem like worst enemies. Uh, because they they still keep asking that same question: How can the government help me? How can the government fix this? And I think that's the uh, you know the argument from authority that is so ever present throughout those twelve years in in yes. school and other places as well.
0: So Stephanie, um, our article. Oh, by the way, if you want to see uh, Brett, Stephanie, myself in the studio, you can go to cam.freetalklive.com. dot com. We are waving at the cam now, and uh, that's just one of the many ways to listen to Free Talk Live. If you want to see listen to all or. See all the different ways that you may listen. You can go to listen.freetalklive.com. We've got uh, live streams, uh, 100 radio stations, satellite options, webcam, uh, listen lines, you can even call you can call in from a telephone anywhere and listen to Free Talk Live if you can't get us in any other way. It's listen.freetalklive.com.
1: So Stephanie, how many people are on the planet? <laughs> a lot. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and this is something that we briefly touched on last night when I was in here with Ian, but I think it's really worthy of some more discussion than we gave it. And we alluded to this when we talked about the birth control question and uh, the Catholic Church's policy on having children and stuff like that. But uh, the world's population is about to hit 7 billion. and When I remember- will it hit? Uh, it will hit on Halloween, or it's predicted because you you can't really know these right, things it's accurately. Just, it's somebody
0: just, saying something.
1: Yeah, it's just uh, it's basically some data from the United Nations, and I know what a lot if of- the
0: satellite that is supposed to fall that was put up by the government uh, falls and uh, smooshes Somebody on Halloween Day. Will we have to wait to the next day to hit seven billion?
1: They probably have to wait like half a second, (laughs) because (laughs) yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, that's just probably that fast.
1: So it's predicted by a Harvard economist that uh, using data from the United Nations that. The world's population, the 7th billionth person, will be born in India on Halloween of this year. And most of the growth now is occurring in developing countries like China and India. Sure. And uh, those kind of – well, China, I mean, has the one-child policy, but uh,
0: – I think they've uh, actually rescinded that policy because it's just created so much tr- trouble. Really? Yeah.
1: I, see, I've talked I to people wrong, from but. China uh, who work with me in my workplace, and they what they have said when I've asked them about this is that – um, you can have more than one child, but you have to pay extra taxes if you have more than one. Yeah. So maybe it's changed over time. And, you know, it's interesting because when I ask them about this, I always ask them, well, you, do you support this? And a lot of times they'll say, well, yeah, we have to do what's good for the nation. Mm. You know, and, and they just have they seem to have this attitude like um, I should I should be thinking of everybody who lives in this arbitrary geopolitical boundary when I make such a personal decision as one to have children, you know, to reproduce. So.
0: A lot of people – that's essentially how people react with the, the TSA, for instance. Uh, many people will say th- things like, well, we have to – you know, we've got we to stay safe. Oh, yeah, the terrorists hate us for our freedoms. We have fewer freedoms than when the terrorists attack and, you know, they didn't – but they haven't won even though they got our freedoms and they hate us for them. I mean, you know, this is sort of roundabout logic.
1: It's just different forms of collectivism and I think that they're really soul-crushing. You know, if you if, if you can't even really make an independent decision – to pass on your genes to have some children and, you know, you're ready to be responsible for them, but the government is stepping in and creating these incentives. And I mean, we see this in other places too. There are a lot of countries, for instance, um, England, you know, and even in the U.S., where people are essentially paid to have children, or at least people of a certain income level, you know, so they do. It's, and the tax it, structure is I set up. That, in I believe that I believe everybody
0: in the United States is paid to have children. Um, actually, that the files income tax. I believe that there's there is a credit for essentially having children, and so you know, I mean, yeah. That's ex- but the it's having children and registering them with the government. That's what you're paid for.
1: Well, sure. Yeah. I mean, they have to be able to track everybody. Right. Indeed. But, but you know, people I mean, people are the politicians are always talking about how to incentivize people to do things like get married and stay married. Right. Like George Bush was really big on that, encouraging marriage with some of his government policies. And at the end of the day, you know, really stuff like choosing to get married is best left to an individual. I yeah. mean, You can create a lot of marriages, but that doesn't mean that they'll be healthy or good for everyone involved, right? I don't see increasing
0: the number of marriages to be particularly beneficial. I mean, it seems like... It says nothing about the
1: divorce rate either, you know. It doesn't.
0: doesn't. Uh, You know, I mean, just because people get together and have kids doesn't mean those kids are going to be well taken care of. 855-450-3733. Call us if you have an opinion on it.
5: Are you looking for camping, hunting, or shooting gear?
0: Free Talk Live, 855-453. That's the SACL toll-free call in line, 855 It's Mark with you. And Brett. And Stephanie. What would you think if you found out that there were 20,000 liberty-loving individuals moving all to one state in order to have uh, some kind of effect on that state where the maximum role of government would be the protection of life, liberty, and property? Would you want to move there? You can. Join the Free State Project at freestateproject.org. Again, it's freestateproject.org. And, you know, that's one of the things, uh, you know, I heard them talking on uh, the radio, the local New Hampshire public radio here. They were talking about how New Hampshire's population is aging the, uh, you know, it might be getting a little larger, but it's aging. It's, it's all it's a it's a it's a cold, icy rock full of geriatrics. And
1: um, that's, they've been talking about that for a long time. They have, yeah. I remember <laughs> when I first moved here, I would listen to NPR, and that's what they would be talking about. This is
0: a a, a problem that's going to uh, you know go last a long time, though, right? I mean, you know, the idea that uh, you know the population's aging would be one that would mm-hmm. happen over the course of decades. Well, not- I
1: mean, it's kind of rational if you think about it, like. A lot of retired people are living on a fixed income, and so they want to live somewhere with a high quality of life, but somewhere where they won't have to pay a lot of taxes, I'm sure, so... New Hampshire has no sales tax, right, and so that's a big draw, I suppose. I would you know, imagine property it is. taxes probably a negative, but I don't know. Maybe they see that as offset by some of the other things.
0: There are lots of places in New Hampshire where the property tax isn't that high, um, and mm-hmm. you can move. You can move many places where the property tax isn't that high. So, I mean, you know, it's it's yeah. just a decision as to where in New Hampshire you wish. And they're to live.
1: they're not looking for really an active nightlife, I assume. That, you know. yeah, it's a good thing. <laughs> yeah. Well, it depends on your perspective. You know, I, I know some young people here who claim that it's really hard and and it's difficult to meet people if you're single. But of course, they're not within the liberty community, so that's a way to get introduced to people of like mind. I guess you could say. Sure,
0: um, I'm not uh, proposing that uh, we we do a pitch here for uh, New Hampshire and move young people in. Well, I'm just what saying. What was the reason you brought up
1: with the uh, the uh, older population? It was a segue
0: into the uh, seven seven uh, billion thing that we I were talking about. I missed that mark. <laughs> so um, <laughs> you know the, the this the seven billion people issue. It really cuts to the heart of sort of collectivism and central planning. Because people, people are people are afeared that the the world can't handle a certain amount of human beings. Yes, and I would say that that's
1: true. There is an amount of human beings the world can't handle. There is some number. Yes, and that's I think today. That, I think that number is fungible, and it, I think that the free market is the only thing that could increase that number. But it's I think it has a lot of wiggle room there because if you think about advances in technology. Uh, they really support the advent of having more people
0: around. And, and that's really and that's really important. So there was a, an, a, a maximum amount of people that the world could sustain in 1900. Yep. There's a maximum amount of people the world can sustain in 2000. And it's significantly more because they can get more food out of an acre than they used to be able to. And now with hydroponics, they're going to be able to grow upwards. At some point, it's going to make more sense to have big buildings in which you grow the food and the the lab-grown meat, frankly, so you won't need these huge swaths of area that are covered in, um, you know, p- 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 poop machines called cows, um, and that are that are you know producing methane that uh, affect the environment and all that stuff. Lab-grown meat is a re- almost a reality now.
1: Well, you know, it's very interesting. I know. Brett and I, at least, and maybe Mark, you have some experience with this. Brett and I eat a paleo style diet, which is like, you know, a lot of meat and vegetables and and whole foods and stuff like that. And there are a lot of people who, when you tell them about this way of eating, will say stuff like, well, aren't you concerned? Because if everybody ate this way, the agricultural capacity of the planet would be exceeded really quickly. And only, you know, only the really wealthy can afford to eat this way. And aren't you focusing on the wrong things?
0: Are you concerned about that?
1: Um, I'm just trying to have the best health that I possibly can. And I think that this way of eating is in my interest. Health-wise, for sure.
0: Sure. I mean, people eat largely what they want to eat for lots of different reasons. I suppose mm-hmm. there's a, a segment of the population out there that sticks to lentils because they believe that you can grow more lentils. Um, you know, that, that is the most efficient way to to eat um, as far as the planet goes. But I would say that you're talking about less than one t- one-tenth of a percent of the population is uh, effectively eating in order to decrease this, their footprint on the environment. Wouldn't you say? I mean, this is a remarkably had, yeah. small yeah. amount of people, yeah. Like yeah, one in a thousand. I don't feel like I'm pushing a number here.
1: One in 10,000. It's a rare it, person who eats a certain way because they really care about uh, the environment and stuff. But, but it's you a rare know, person I think, who, I mean, who thinks about yeah.
2: you know, eating <laughs> exactly. what, what or why they eat. Anything at all? It would
1: seem
0: like whatever, whatever um, you know, the inefficiencies of the way this paleo diet that you eat are probably offset by the inefficiencies of, say, not eating Twinkies and things that are wrapped (laughs) in stuff that doesn't deteriorate over time. You know, so you don't uh, you don't have the landfill issues in the same way either.
1: Well, but and and part of the reason why things like Twinkies are so popular is because the government subsidizes certain foods, wheat, corn, Corn. soy, and the huge agribusinesses will get these subsidies, and it leads to things things like high fructose corn syrup which is more cost effective to make than sugar importing sugar from different places and they have import tariffs on sugar Oh yeah
2: that's that's the other thing too like making you know I mean sugar's not great but it's better than high fructose corn syrup so yeah. the sugar is kept out or kept you know to a much higher price than it should be Yeah. and you know corn is heavily heavily subsidized mm-hmm. it's it's amazing how much <laughs> Yeah it's yeah. in my car. I've got corn in my car right now, for goodness sake. <laughs> wow. Well, well, I mean, you know, in, in the form of ethanol. Yeah, that's true. Yes. We all do.
1: Yes, yes. And, you know, I, I honestly think that if more people decided to adopt a Diet where they eat more meats. And by the way, I try to eat grass fed meat whenever possible because, you know, there's evidence that feeding the cows corn is kind of bad on their digestive yeah, system. Some kind of disease. They get a, antibiotics to make up for that and mm-hmm. they're just not happy, you know. So for ethical reasons and also for health reasons, I go for grass fed. But, you know, I think technology will solve these problems as it's needed. And Absolutely. That's and why the demand we need the needs room. to be there. Yeah, and that, that's why we need the room for a, an unregulated market that can allow these changes to take place. Uh, in the structure that we have today, there's just subsidies for certain foods, and then certain, all these things are prohibited. I, I guess there's a guy speaking at Liberty Forum who is, uh, was writing in one of these books, The Omnivore's Dilemma or something like that. Joel Saladin, I think is his name. And he's going to talk he was about— He also in
0: Food Inc., I believe.
1: Yeah, yeah. And, and he has a talk that's titled, Everything I Want to Do is Illegal. And he's the owner of a farm, of course. And so he says stuff like, you know, even if his farm exceeds the cleanliness specifications and all kinds of other uh, rules that the USDA sets forth, he is not allowed to do some of the things that he would like to do or to sell them, I guess, because of all these copious regulations. And so it's. It's no wonder that the farms are shifting towards like larger farms. and sure. the Smaller farms are going out. The
0: big guys that have, uh, you know, got the, they've got the government in their pocket. They've, they've, you know, I'm, frankly, they own the politicians and the lobbyists. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, a little farmer can't can't lobby for what he wants and what he needs versus these big farmers. There's no way for it to happen. Yeah. But, you know, this is the concern that people have that the planet can't sustain life. But most of the problems that we have with famine these days don't have to do with bad weather. I mean, when you hear about famines in the Bible and stuff like that, I assume you're talking about things that happen in bad weather. I don't know, but famines that occur today are usually result of war, and war is, mm. frankly, an act of the state. So, yes. government is what is starving people right now. People yes. would propose to use the government to limit the 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 the, the birth of people because they can't the, the earth can't sustain the life. However, the the re- reality is that life can't is that uh, the government can't sustain life La- the government is contrary to life, it really is let's see the w- famine because of war is okay, mark because the government also does foreign
2: aid and that's a huge success <laughs> <laughs> yeah
1: the, well, that, that well that goes to the dictators right, and that does sure. never really gets to the people who need it well you
2: know you the, you identify whatever the the crisis that you know the government wants to throw money at, like for example, I know this is a little bit off topic, but when a lot of the companies in in our c- companies countries in the middle east um Understood that they could get funding from the United States if they had a problem with terrorism.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Th- some
1: suddenly they had
3: a problem. <laughs> they were inviting terrorists. <laughs> yeah, you know. Oh, oh and now
2: we have this terrorist problem. So
1: yeah, it's backwards incentives. Yeah, that's always exactly. what happens with the government.
0: Indeed, that's what the government's all about. Is uh, you know they 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 need the problems in order to flourish. Government thrives on failure. Eight five five four five zero three seven three three. Free talk live. Call in and tell us why you don't think the planet can handle more life.
6: When the power goes out for any length of time, you've got problems, starting with food that's going bad, even in the freezer. No communications, living by candlelight or flashlight, it's a bad place to be. The solar flare cycle is heating up and has already done damage to the grid. NASA and NOAA tell us that next year and in 2013, it will take down large sections of the grid for days or weeks at a time. Hurricanes and floods also cut power for several days or weeks. You can protect yourself now. The SG-1 solar generator by Sound Wisdom produces 5,000 watts of household current, comes with 230 amp-hours of battery, 220-watt solar panels, and a built-in battery maintainer desulfator. This is the only portable system you can add as many batteries or solar panels as you like. It will also convert power from windmills, water wheels, DC welders, or gas generators, any source of 12-volt DC power. See it now at freetalklivesolar.com. Technicians are standing by now to answer your questions even during the Sunday night show.
0: Talk Live, 855-453. That's the SACL toll-free call in line, 855-450-3733. You can call in and talk about whatever you want, and this time I promise to take your calls. There's been some people holding. <laughs> I'm back from vacation, apparently don't even know what I'm doing. It's Mark with you. And Brett. And Stephanie. Sound Wisdom's SG-1 solar power generating system can give you the basics in an emergency or be expanded to handle your whole house. It'll take a 25-foot cubic freezer completely off the grid. That's the really big freezer. This thing can take basically a deep freezer a refrigerator, a well pump, maybe a little more, and take it off the grid all the time. And so as a generator, it's paying for itself as opposed to all the other generators just kind of sit there and collect dust, cost you money while they sit there. This one can pay for itself or, you know, begin to pay for itself over time, and you can expand it to take your whole house off the grid if that's what you want to do. It's the SG-1. Find out more at com. It's an awesome setup, and I highly recommend it. It's com. Let's go to Joshua in Oklahoma. Joshua.
7: Hey, hey.
0: What's on your mind? I
7: just had... I just had to chime in, starting back with the whole Catholic Church birth control thing, and then yes. she went to China, and I have inside information there, too, so, and they're related.
3: Okay. Please. Uh,
7: okay, well, the the first thing, the uh, I can tell you exactly where the Catholic Church got that stuff about birth control and why it's bogus, and okay. it's not heavily theological or anything, so right. bear with me on okay? Uh In old Israel, God had established a rule, or Moses did, depending on which side of the story you believe, that... If a man died childless, his nearest living male relative was to take his wife and have a son with her. Who yes, would bear the dead man's
1: name. I've heard right? of this.
7: That's right. Egregiously
1: of that. offensive to women. Wasn't this his brother, though? <laughs> I mean, his brother was supposed to take his wife?
7: Well, he didn't have to be. Nearest living male relative. All right? As a matter okay. of fact, when Boaz and Ruth got married, there was a kinsman-redeemer issue, and Boaz had to go to the guy who had the right and say you know, do you want this woman? And he said, no, I haven't had children myself, so my firstborn would be his firstborn. It would, you know, let's not do that. So, yeah, who um,
1: cares what the woman thinks? She's not important.
7: <laughs> well, She had an opinion, and she expressed it. It um, didn't matter. <laughs> so we have the story of Onan, where his older brother died childless, and then the second brother died childless, and the third brother died childless. So now Onan, I don't know, he's 15 years old. He gets a 15-year-old's wet dream. He's got to do this girl to make three kids, and he doesn't have to raise them, his dad will. He doesn't have to pay the bills, nothing.
0: But Onan doesn't do that, right? He goes off into the woods.
7: No, no, no. He, it says he spilled his seed on the ground. He just used the pull-out
1: method. Uh-oh. Oh, I see. That's really bad, isn't it? I've heard that.
7: Well, but now wait. Now, it says in the scriptures why God slew him on the spot. Because in doing so, he declared his happiness that all three brothers were dead and that he wanted their line to die out. It was not about semen or Ova.
1: Okay. So it's not, so are you saying Joshua that the whole idea that it's wrong to pleasure oneself is a myth or it's not really accurate?
7: it, It is almost entirely made up by the Catholic church. There is a reference in the Mosaic law there's, there's all those rules about ritual uncleanness. If you touch a dead body, if you have a menstrual period or whatever, then you've got to wash the clothes, you've got to go outside the camp till sundown, etc. right? Same yes. thing if a man has an admission of semen. He's got to wash his clothes and, you know, uh, wash his whole body, and he's, he's ritually unclean till sundown. He can't participate in any rituals, can't, uh, you know, there's various things he's not allowed to do.
0: What, it, it, what right? if he does it after sundown?
7: It's till the next sundown.
0: It's till the next sundown.
7: Yeah, today was sundown to sundown for them.
1: This is, this is very interesting, uh, not that I followed this in the first place, but it's it's just interesting to be able to tell other people that maybe this isn't accurate. And well, it's, it's
7: totally just... bogus. It's, it's the same mindset that it came about the same time the Catholic Church came up with this really great rule. Because there were queer orgies in the Roman baths, therefore they outlawed bathing of all sorts. There was even a diary found by a nun from the Middle Ages. She was so proud that in her entire life she had never washed anything but the tips of her fingers.
2: Well, yeah, good just, for her. It oh. just <laughs> goes to show you, too, like what you, what you can make possible once you already have people buying into the argument from authority. Yeah. You know, well, you can yeah. tell them anything.
0: Yeah. I, I've yeah. heard one. Um, yeah. This was you know, some book I read recently. It was uh, The Market for Freedom, actually. Market for Liberty. And uh, you can find it at book.freetalklive.com. And they they suggested that, in fact, um, the the church, and at the time it was the Catholic Church, decided that all cats were bad um, because they were, you know, they were of witchcrafter. Or something They had something mm-hmm. to do with witches skulking about at night. So they went on a cat-killing spree, which at this point, cats weren't these cuddly things that you kept around in your house. They were mostly just pests that maybe kept the uh, rats down in the barn, that kind of thing. Mm. But cats were bad, so they went and slew them. So, of course, the rat population increased. The, um, the fleas on the rats oh, carried the plague. Yes. And then everybody died. Uh, one-third of the population died in Europe. And I've it was all this. because of the church. Not because of Christianity as much as the church. There's a couple variations on that story, too. I mean,
2: it could have been all of these things. Interesting. At least they got the witch population under control.
1: (laughs) That's a big problem. You never know. They're all over. Well, I was a
7: consulting business analyst for 15 years, which meant basically I investigated what was going on at companies and how to fix it and frequently encountered why it happened to begin with. And one of the rules I learned is really ironclad is bad results don't come from well-intended decisions. They don't? People will say that. They do not. Mm. They come from from bad decisions. And you'll always find an evil intention somewhere in there if you can investigate far enough and get access to the guy's records. And I don't believe for a minute that all these decisions we're talking about were intended to do anything except keep people busy with other things besides living their
4: lives.
1: It seems like a lot of them are intended so that people don't reach their highest potential or don't do things that are pleasurable, really? you know?
0: Absolutely. A lot of people, you know, the, it's the no fun rule. They absolutely yeah, yeah. have, yeah. I mean, exactly. Yeah. No, too much fun. This is bad.
7: Yeah, even, well, even the one-child one policy in China. Uh worked with a young man from China, uh, well, uh, well, not a long time ago, um, mainland China. He told me that, he said, you can have a second child. It's not really that difficult. You have the
3: baby oh, at home. That hard
7: you know, stay out of public areas when you're showing. He said, but that child can never get a government number, so they effectively become a slave. Mm. If it's a son, they're going to usually, he he said, this is more often than not, they're going to sell him outright for money, and he's just a slave all his life, or uh, he works at slave wages and helps support the family when they're old, but he never really gets anything of his own and can't inherit, or if it's a daughter, they sell her off for a really good dowry, because due to the one-child policy where they're aborting more girls than boys because the boys will take care of them in old age, there are now places in China where there are men 30 years old who never held a girl's hand who didn't pay cash for the privilege.
0: Yeah. You know and yeah. they they're getting them out of uh, North Korea too. I mean, you know smuggling them out. Uh, you know women are very valuable in China, and this is absolutely a, a, the true circumstance. This is what happens when government gets involved. They've got their little intentions, good or bad. I, I couldn't say I mean I, I tend to think that people have the best of intentions. they're just morons that uh, continue to believe that you can coerce people into getting good and good results, and it doesn't seem like that's the the case. It may, it may not even be true. I don't know. I no longer do. I
7: always look (laughs) at the results of the activity and say if it was a bad result, there's a bad motive.
0: Joshua, thanks for the call. I appreciate it. 855-450-3733. You can call in and talk about what you want to talk about here on Free Talk Live. Let's take Jonathan in Australia. Jonathan?
8: G'day. How are you doing?
0: Uh, All's well. What's on your mind?
8: Good. Um, Just, I guess, taking a bit further from that previous call and even what you were talking about, um, my, my, my comments about, uh, the kind of fictions that are created in order to, uh, play on people's insecurities, um, in particular, like, I mean, from a religious point of view, the, the whole concept, like, the uh, Judeo-Christian concept begins with the, the concept of sin, which is a, a fiction, it's kind of a, a something that you can't prove, something there's no evidence of, um. And it's the entire basis of uh, of the political structure that that uh, that kind of creates from it, and uh, the state is. Well, hold on. Um, before you
0: go on, Jonathan, the political structure is similar world over. Um, you know, I mean, you're you're talking about a group of people are in charge and it's it's almost never one person. Kings have to have courtiers and all that sort of thing. Um, you know, that's a group of people that's in charge. And the, you know, the the religions are different. There's, there's no sin in Buddhism. There's no sin in, uh, you know, Confucianism. All these uh, Eastern religions, they don't they don't have sin. So how is sin the root of this?
8: Well, sin, sin is the Judeo-Christian version, but there's there's always some sort of uh, inadequacy that is uh, uh, kind of put put to the put to the people put, put you know proselytised that um, somehow we are inadequate or uh, we are not we are not perfect and we've got to seek that perfection. And of course, it creates this dependence class. Uh, but the only only way to um, to create so to, to become perfect is to is to follow the rules uh, and become uh, a member of that of that um, that uh, political
0: group. Jonathan I want to explore this a little further if we might please hold the line give us a call at 855 450 3733 here on Free Talk Live's live Sunday edition.
4: Another innovative American-made product from Ruger. Learn more about the Ruger LC9 at Ruger.com slash LC9.
0: Talk live eight fifty five four fifty three. It's a Seagle toll free call in line eight five five four five zero three seven three three. You can call in, talk about whatever you want to talk about. That's what we do here on Free Talk Live. Check out freetalklive.com. dot com. It's a website where you can uh, upload well anything you'd like to upload, as far as uh, you know stories or blog posts, that kind of thing link to them, vote other people's up, vote them down. They can do the same to yours. It is an interactive website at freetalklive.com. Lots of eyes to uh, see the stories that you do link to. It's Mark with you. And Brett. And Stephanie. And you can call in and talk about what you want. 855-450-3733 here on the live Sunday night edition of Free Talk Live. Let's go back to Jonathan calling from Australia. Jonathan. Jonathan. Yeah,
8: um- yeah, how
0: are you doing? Good. Now, what I um, heard you saying um, before we went to yeah. the break was, I, it seems like. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. I'm. What I thought I was hearing was this explanation that uh, basically all the evil in the world has been created by religions in the past, and uh, the that um, that this is this is the the root of all evil. And it seems like a huge part to me.
1: I, I think would it say. is.
0: I think this is a simplistic. Um, well, I think it, this is. He was talking about the idea of sin. Oh, let's right. Go, I, I, Specifically, so I want him to address it, Jonathan. Yeah, yeah. What do you What do you say to that?
8: Um. Well, what I was not I was not really saying it's the root of all evil. All right. So more as more as more as much as um, uh, it's the the fictions, the kind of the ideas that are generated in order to uh, to uh, elicit uh, support for for the political structure that is typically a religion, and it goes st- the same for the for a state. But uh, just as an example, you think you take um, oh, what's uh, Ron L. Hubbard's uh,
0: L. Ron Hubbard? Uh, the Scientology.
8: Religion. Scientology, yeah. I mean, th- there you go. That, that to me, that is the most. Um, uh, what's kind of, It's a glaring uh, example. There's no it's, doubt. It's a it's a glaring example of a synthetic. What I call a synthetic religion. Um, it's it's just uh, uh, an incredible fiction that has convinced people that. Uh, they have these engrams, these kind of deficiencies, in which can be dealt with by joining and spending lots of money and whatever it is that mm. you do with Scientology, and it's just that whole concept. Of, yeah. uh
1: I see the common having thread. This, having this,
8: this, this, um, in I don't know what, it is, you know, a, a deficiency, uh, an imperfection, um, a vulnerability that can only be addressed by joining the group. Yeah, and, and that that goes even to the state, where you mm-hmm. know, ah, oh, shock horror. If if we didn't have a state, there'd be anarchy and chaos.
3: Yeah, so because people are stupid and
8: bad.
0: Of-
2: I think these are good parallels. Yeah, I agree. And I'm happy to learn that my thetan
0: levels are not low. <laughs> you know, I, I don't have low it's, thetans. It's Brent. interesting. Um, you know, Christianity has been uh, you know created by Christ supposedly. Um, I think I think not. And here's the here's the reason why is that uh, you know Jesus is quoted as saying that there are only two commandments: love the Lord God with all your heart, soul, and mind, and uh, love your neighbors yourself. And these are supposed to be the only two commandments for Christianity. However, two thousand years and a lot of well-meaning little busybodies um you know you've got a religion that entirely means something completely different than that and so you know even, oh,
3: yes, yes. I, sorry it's so all i'm going to say is that
0: christian religion is a tool of the state and always has been um and you know in some cases it has been the state but it's a tool to control people and that you know, that's I think that I think that's where you're coming to, and I agree with you in in that way. But people have all kinds of uh, um, you know ways that they can be controlled. Now we, the concern, the the worry about terrorism, it's always fear. If it's not fear of some terrible place you go when you die, it's a, it's a fear of the Hun coming uh, to the door or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And that's you know people are controlled by their fears, and um, you know the religion or the state, and they're both the same thing when it really comes down to it. It's all faith based belief systems,
2: and sure it attracts like. Some people who are well-meaning, but power also attracts
0: predators. Yeah, every and, time <laughs> you know,
2: especially powers that have these forms of legitimacy. And throughout most of history, that was considered to be the highest form of power with the most legitimacy.
0: For the yeah. for the vast majority of uh, human history, you're absolutely right. And I'd ask you this about positions of power: if um, you know, positions of power attract. Evil people, and I think everybody would say that that's true. Mm-hmm. How about the good people that are attracted to to those positions also to do good? Are they even able to compete? Well, see, for a position of violence with a violent and evil person, can can a person who's good and peaceful even even compete with a violent evil person for a position of violence? That's what the state well, is. Well, that's, that's the what real power trick, is. though,
2: and that's the real trick. Like, uh, you know, the the horrible. Uh, malevolent intentions of 10 people can always catch a ride on the backs of the good intentions of a million people. And we see that again and again in just about, that's the state, that's the religion, you know, that's the army, that's the police, um, that's the drug war. Uh, that's just so ubiquitous. Yeah.
3: Indeed. Have, Jonathan?
8: Have, yeah, can, I, can I jump in there? Yep. Um, I don't know if you guys have come across um, Philip Zimbardo, Zimbardo's work his latest latest work on the kind of the science of evil, in a way, um, and nope. and he kind of touches on on all that about the situations that you put people in, uh, the beliefs that they they hold, um, and and half of it is just being aware of when we're being manipulated or when w- what situations mm. we're being put into, and being objective about what we're doing, and and, and not yeah. taking um, instruction or advice from authority just for just for. The reason of authority.
0: What about the Stanford Prison Experiment, where they um, people were put into positions, uh, randomly put in positions of prison guard and prisoner, and they immediately or, or they actually, assumed I, those roles relatively quickly over time in a course of days, assumed the roles of these positions to where they were. You know, I mean, the guards were acting in sort of evil ways, worse than I've seen prison guards act in, in a lot of cases, and I've seen a lot of prison guards act in a lot of. They different had to ways. stop
1: this experiment early because the. Prisoners were being so mistreated, and right, they and didn't there was a prison,
0: the prison revolt. Many of them were being subservient. I mean, it was very interesting stuff how they jumped into the roles. Those people knew from the very beginning that they weren't um, that this wasn't real, but they yeah. did it anyway. What's the explanation for that, Jonathan? They've,
8: they've established an sorry, they've established an arbitrary kind of uh, a system of, of authority, and 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 they're kind of playing on that. and And it's surprising, even though that was just a role play, that. um, Humans seem to be vulnerable to
1: it. John, Jonathan, you know, back to your original point about the concept of sin, I think that you were right on the money with that. When you tell people that there's something inherently wrong with them and you set up these impossible conditions you know people are driven to want to eat certain foods and you tell them well no you can't eat that food because it's sinful and people want to you know they are attracted to other people they want to have sex and you say no you can't do that because it's bad it's dirty and people have all these different things that they want to do but you set up this impossible system where they're fighting against themselves and it really splits a person into two parts that are at odds with each other and a person like that is really Susceptible to being controlled because they're so busy fighting these so-called demons that Inner are inside demons, themselves. Yeah. yeah, that it's it, they don't notice that someone else is trying to tell them what to do.
8: Absolutely, and and you think of uh, even even then, then you have the situation about the Christianity, which the whole point of um, the life of Christ was was to uh, kind of help out in that regard, um, fix up the problem of uh, of our sin. Ultimately, you have to say, if if sin is a fiction, then the whole point of Christianity is um, moot. You know, I, and then you I, go back to go back to even the definition of sin. Sin, sin itself was created supposedly in the Garden of Eden, and that whole story <laughs> there is no factual evidence. I, I, I actually see it as a kind of a, a political treatise to to uh, to to pad the story, to pad the reason for. political class existence, really...
3: Well
0: I think that there I think what we see is um, over time people's relationship to God in whatever way they view him or her or whatever it is um, or whatever it's not uh, but I, I think that it's pretty clear that humans like God uh, like the, you, you can find that throughout the course of history uh, you know that the religions have existed in the vast majority of cultures and so that the, the relationship around God is chronicled by b- different people uh, at different times they tell their stories in order to be able to uh, to understand and these stories get manipulated by people in power in order to control others that's what how i see it jonathan i do appreciate the call though here at 855 at free talk live at 855-450-3733 your comments are welcome Talk Live 855 450 free. It's a SACL toll free call online, 855-450-3733. You're in line 855 450 3733. Here on the live Sunday edition of Free Talk Live, it's Mark with you. And Brett. And Stephanie. You know, um, we just had the uh, a caller discuss original sin here, Stephanie, and I know you want to get into this. This is one of your, your favorites. But before we do, yeah, it's my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> Go to gold.freetalklive.com. Um, you know, I haven't been—I've been following gold here recently, but not as closely as I should. I've been on vacation, but it seems like it's still a, a, kind of a bargain. Um, you can pick up gold whether it's for investment, as a barter currency, um, you know, whatever reason you want to get it um, as a hedge against inflation. You can do that at gold.freetalklive.com. Get some of the best rates on the internet and support Free Talk Live and our our syndicate Genesis communications network it's gold.freetalklive.com so stephanie Original sin. Yeah, it, this do you really topic- want to open this Pandora's box? Sure,
1: <laughs> I'm. Bring it on, <laughs> like George Bush said. <laughs> yeah, it always gets me really riled up when people talk about this because I find it so offensive on so many different levels. Like the it, it, this story is so prevalent in culture. Like there are variations on all these themes, and I don't know what that's called it's some literary literary device where they allude to it in like a different book or something like mm-hmm. that, but. You know, everybody knows the story and it's like, uh, you know, this man, and this woman and they're innocent and they have no idea what sin he is. tempted the- Adam with an apple. Exactly. Actually, I believe it was traditionally a <laughs>
0: quince and I don't know why um, it has turned into an apple in American society. I don't know if it is around the world. Yeah, I'd be interested hazy. what oh. our uh, Australian listeners uh, believe that it was, uh, you know, there whether it's culturally an apple or not who eats a quince <laughs> I mean, <come> on. <laughs> but i um I, I mentioned pandora here and in fact the story is very
1: similar uh, with pandora's box yeah uh, exactly it's in every kind of mythology the woman it's always her fault it's all the woman's fault and you why know, do you think that is why because the stories are written by men and they want to blame someone else but why would they blame women i mean most men don't hate women right Um, In those days, women were really treated a lot differently than they are now. And I'm I'm glad for that. I'm glad we've made progress. But, you know, women were definitely thought of as lesser than men for most of history and treated as such.
0: So they would be foolish enough to do these things? Why was Adam foolish enough to eat of the tree of the knowledge of, uh, of good and evil?
1: Well, he couldn't help himself. That's the thing. It, it removes the moral responsibility from the man when it's the woman tempting him into sinning, right? It's, it's not his fault because he, he couldn't control himself. I mean, he's just a man. Like, he has urges, right? And it's <laughs> he sees this woman and then he can't. You know, help himself.
0: Some people um, suggest that sex is the uh, um, not. Uh, it's not actually a fruit from a tree of knowledge of good and evil. They suggest that actually, sex is the knowledge of uh, is the fruit of the knowledge of good and evil, or whatever it is. Is the quince? Yes, it's the quince. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you know,
1: does that mean that women are evil in that way? Well, it would I be mean, the it would be the same thing. I mean, the idea of looking at sex as as a bad or evil thing is a little messed up to me. It seems to be one of the highest... Is the snake human... a phallic symbol? And then, in fact, the male uh, tempts the female oh, early on? I, I don't know. I guess we could analyze it really hard, but for me... it
0: I think it's just a dumb story. Uh, see, well, this it's is... a
1: dumb story that a lot of people believe and a lot of <laughs> people internalize those messages. With you know?
2: catastrophic effects, too. Yes. Because, I mean, here we are. I mean, this story obviously, you know, was targeted to, uh, you know, towards women, like Stephanie mentioned. But here we are... Five thousand years after the creation of the earth, and who's really still, <laughs> who's, you know, who's really still being affected by this story is children, because the byproduct, if not the intention, of this fable is that we are born evil, yes, and something has to make us good, yes, and you know, for a while, I guess it was the church and God and relationship with Jesus, but now it is very much the state through the schools, and you know, parents see that as their their sort of an arm of that training process.
0: I had a girlfriend who was, you know, pretty well atheistic. I've never had a conversation with her about religion. If I did, it was going to be anti-religion because I'm pretty uh, anti-organized religion. I do believe that there's a God, but I'm kind of anti-organized religion. And when she had kids, she switched back to her sort of old, you know, her parents' beliefs and started sending them to school, uh, oh, to, to no. Sunday school, so that they could be taught these uh, these these stories. And you know what my experience was as I believed these stories as a young child uh, because they take they, they begin teaching them
1: to you at three or four. Well, that's that's why because nobody would believe them if they learned them as an adult. It's absolutely they, true. Yeah. I mean, you know, if you if you were say an an eight if you had an eight year old
0: that could stand up and say to the person that was telling this uh, the story. Story of Adam and Eve and the snake and the eating of the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. God and His garden, His magic garden, and then you know rainbows that didn't show up and uh, you know boats floating around for a year and all these stories that they t- with full of animals um, above the mountains and all these stories that they tell kids um, are true. I mean, if if a, a you know an, an eight year old just stepped up and said, do you, looked him right in the eye and said, do you really believe this nonsense that you're teaching? I mean, you're telling all my friends here this bullcrap. How can you possibly do this with a straight face? Yeah,
2: And spoiler alert about the Ark story. The, the lions are going to eat those zebras. <laughs> they are.
0: <laughs> that, no, He's an
2: old man. He's not going to stop two if lions. You be-
0: if you believe the story of the Ark, you have to believe that God did some magic stuff with the water and therefore doing the magic stuff with the lions is pretty easy. I mean, I mean, you know, the the Earth went from the water that we have now to covering what mountains that are yeah. higher than air at. Well, before you sound so incredulous, this is a guy who,
2: <laughs> you know, even though it took him six days to build the Earth, he was able to build the rest of the universe in just one day.
0: So magic. It's yeah, magic, well, Brad. Maybe he's still working on it. It is expanding. Oh, Yeah. Uh. There you go. Mm. Mm. Too many
1: questions. <laughs> it, you know, Mark, when you said that, what if a seven-year-old just said to their religious teacher, like, do you really believe this stuff? At the time when I was learning this, I was raised uh, Jew- Jewish and Judaism, and I learned all this stuff in the, the Old Testament, which is the worst part, you know, of the. it has all the rape, all the killing, all the war, all the horrible stuff about women, all the really mistreatment of children. The and cliffhangers. All the, yep. Yeah, yeah. Just these, this awful stuff. I, I was taught all of this, and I was... I was questioning it really early on, I would say around the age of eight or something like that. But I was afraid to speak up and ask, you know, is this really true? Do you guys really believe this? Because I was encouraged by everyone around me to think that this was so much fun to be in Temple. It was so much. It was a great thing. And if I asked any questions about it, like that was really kind of a no-no. And I got that message from adults really early. Mm -hmm. Yeah, You're made
2: to feel like those feelings are about... There's something wrong with you.
1: Yes, absolutely. And it was like you were supposed to have this grand religious experience. And I never had that. And I did think something was wrong with me. So but it wasn't until I started reading about it a little bit more and thinking about it that I was like, no, there's another option. I don't have to pretend that I believe this stuff that really doesn't seem compatible with. The reality that I can understand and observe.
0: Now, what I've heard about Judaism is that they're taught, um, at least at some point in the process, to ask questions and to question the Uh, process and things like that.
1: Maybe on a superficial level, but not the real hard questions. I like, don't know can that most be Jews
0: a- believe that those stories. I mean, it would seem like they're there the are a least lot of Jewish atheists. Walking religious around there. <laughs> of the 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 groups that I'm familiar with, you know, they're, they're the least likely to believe those stories. Um, you know, I in in the Christian church, I was taught, you know, those stories are true. There are no questions to be had. You are a bad person for asking these. I mean, literally. I mean, it wasn't an undertone; it was an overtone. Asking hard questions yeah. about. Religion is unacceptable, mm-hmm. is what I was taught, and yeah. you know, frankly, when I threw it all away, that's what I found. The, you know, I, I I was without an anchor in life. I had nothing yeah. to uh, teach me what morality was, and that's when I got in the biggest and worst trouble of my life. And I blame it on religion. Eight five five four five zero three. Live 855 453. It's a sacral toll free call in line 855 450 3733. You can call in and talk about whatever you want to talk about. We've been talking about the religious subjects, mm-hmm. but um, you know, you can change the subject anytime you want. 855 450 3733. Are you looking for camping, hunting, or shooting gear? ManVentureOutpost.com carries knives, ammunition, scopes, binoculars, laser sights, tactical flashlights, fish finders, and boating equipment. ManVentureOutpost.com, they're family-owned and members in good standing of the Better Business Bureau. Some prices are so low they can't even be mentioned on the air. You can get an additional 5% off with coupon code FTL. Get it quick. Get it from ManVentureOutpost.com. It's ManVentureOutpost.com. So the religious subject has been brought up. The gauntlet has been thrown,
1: and you know it was all Pandora's fault because she opened the box. I blame you. Trouble.
0: I blame it's, you. You've got two X chromosomes.
1: Oh yeah. The must be my fault. This is <laughs> one of the
0: the tough subjects for Free Talk Live because people in the Liberty Movement, and that's uh, ba- basically what we represent here on Free Talk Live, the Liberty Movement, believe all kinds of different things about religion. You know, some are Muslims, some are Christians, some are uh, avowed atheists, and. Uh, you know, some believe like I do, just sort of in a you know a god of some sort or another, and people don't like it when their sacred cows are um, besmirched in any way, shape, or form.
1: Yes, but Mark, you know. I can relate this directly to liberty in many different ways and I'll tell you how. I don't know if you want to take this caller first, but I do want to take the callers, okay. but I can tell you
0: that everybody who has a religion can relate it directly back to liberty. <laughs> I mean, I can take Quakerism and and relate it directly back to liberty. Sure.
1: Okay, but just just hear me out. I mean, I, I we'll I'll talk be happy here. Let's go,
0: let's go to Nick first and then we'll um we'll go back. He's been waiting here a little while. Nick in Illinois. Nick.
9: Hi. I'd like to uh continue what we were talking about last time about uh, theories of of the mind existing after death in the form of
1: the soul this is becoming a very philosophical show very quickly. all right theories of the mind
0: existing after death in the form of the soul gotcha
9: right now last sunday uh mark i believe you said something to the effect of uh when i have pain nobody questions the existence of my soul but when i have alzheimer's suddenly they do correct
0: i think i said something like that yeah
9: I thought more on this topic, and I kind of came up with my own theory of theories of the mind and soul. One thing I noticed is that in order to believe in the kind of mind that exists beyond death, you have to create a distinction where the physical ends and the mind begins. And ultimately, this has to be arbitrary, and I think it says a lot about what a culture or religion says counts as the true you. Now, the reason I say that this has to be arbitrary is because uh, most theories of a of, of mind existing after death say that uh, pain goes away, right? Okay. And I don't know whether or not they would say that Alzheimer's, something like Alzheimer's, which is a permanent physical change on your brain, which causes a change in personality. I don't know uh, how many religions would say that Alzheimer's would or would not continue after death. But I think most of them would say that things you learned in your life, and, you know, learning, it causes physical changes in the brain, and that's how it changes your mind. They would say that that continues after, after death, because that's a part of who you are. Right. And it's that distinction of what changes... What changes reflect who you the true you, who you are, and what changes don't mm-hmm. uh, is where that distinction exists,
3: I think. Yeah,
0: I, I think you're going down a, a murky uh, you know, road here that's uh, that's difficult to prove. I mean, like you've got – you're kind of like a scientist that's trying to prove something that they already believe. And in fact, it could be the well, consciousness no, – it, it
3: makes
1: complete sense to me. It, because, because you sense.
0: believe the same thing he does. <laughs> but it, it's very uh, – the mind is consciousness, okay, as a definition. And consciousness, scientists, has yet to define even what it is. So um, it could very well like, be that we my – have a rudimentary
1: understanding of what it is. I mean, as a, it's a higher order function of different neurons in your brain interacting with each other and exchanging signals. Okay, um, so if. If the consciousness is something beyond this, um,
0: that uh, you know that we experience, and it it seems like a, a fantastic thing. It uh, you know consciousness seems to seems to me to exist beyond my body in the sense that you know it's it's not just my body. I, I mean, right now I'm in pain. I feel my toe, but it's way down there at the bottom. It's nowhere near where my consciousness lies. And consciousness could just as easily change the shape through its learning, change the shape of the brain, as opposed to the shape the learning itself changing the shape of the brain, and then modifying consciousness. So, I mean, you've got a chicken-the-egg situation, Nick.
1: I'm not... I'm not sure I understand what you so said. So my back.
0: learning could cause, um, you know, my consciousness learning could then change the shape of the brain in order to be able to like writing to a hard drive um, mm-hmm. as opposed to the the experience itself changing the brain. And there, therefore the, mo- the modification of the consciousness exists. Nick is trying to disprove a, um, a you know, a mind that exists no, beyond I, the body. I, I, I,
9: no this time i'm not here to prove or disprove anything i'm seeking to understand and i was seeking to understand last time as well okay well right I, because it, you know it, in order for something to be possibly true to me it has to be you know consistent and make sense and you know i have to understand how people came to think of that in the first place and i, I think it, that this is religion especially
0: this is a burden that smart people bear go ahead uh, sorry, what was that? That's a burden that smart people bear. The idea that they, their minds are constantly working on these little those little chinks and logical armor in arguments. Go ahead.
9: <laughs> yeah. yeah. But uh, with religion especially, I noticed uh, that uh, a lot of beliefs that people come up with uh, in religion are based on what was known at the time when the religion came about. And then later science contests that, you know, yep. like – theories of, of what was the, what was at the center of the solar system
0: even absolutely yeah. this is a difficulty of writing a religious book at a given uh, you know portion in time as anything you write down you're liable to find out isn't true at some point I, I think there's some passage in the well, Bible about. It, it's uh,
1: also why religion historically has held back the progress of science and technology like for instance Galileo was put under house arrest because of his beliefs that the sun was the center of the solar the system? The Bible
0: really doesn't um, uh, address that. Mostly that was the church and their well, yeah, beliefs it was the afterwards. But sure. you know, religion is what
2: religion is at that time. And you could even make the argument that we could be something like 800, 1,000 years further into the future, technologically advanced, medicine, philosophically, mm-hmm. because people for so long accepted nonsense answers to yes. life's most important questions. I yes. wonder
0: about this. I've seen like a pie chart of uh, some of the anti-religionists out there that uh, you know not a pie chart but a graph of time you know that shows the the increase in sort of uh, knowledge of man up to the roman times and then the dark ages come along and it, bam, bam it hits the ground and then goes along that way until the sort of the renaissance and then begins to to going back up and and that kind of thing and i wonder they believed silly things the romans believed all kinds oh, of silly things sure, too sure. and uh, you know in humans this is one of the the things that i was talking about earlier is humans seem to be evolved If you believe in evolution entirely, um, seem to be involved in evolved to believe in religion because you know the vast majority of history and the vast majority of
1: humans believe in some kind of god, and one wonders why that is. That's descriptive, though. I mean, it's it, it describes what is, but maybe not necessarily what should be. You know what I'm saying? Like, just because there might be a propensity for people to go along with whatever cultural narrative they're told to survive, yeah, it doesn't mean that ergo religion is true or religion is good.
0: Well, but I'm, I'm, what I'm really addressing here is um, and Brett the, the point that Brett brought up, which is this: you know, how far, how much farther would we be along in evolution? And one wonders how much farther would we be along in evolution if we had a third arm? I mean, we are these creatures that go that, that go for these stories.
1: Right. Well, technology is, is different than the evolution of the human brain. Technology can proceed a lot faster because it's not dependent on the reproductive lifespan of a person, right? So.
0: Indeed. If we, if we lived longer, um, you know, and, and you had these, these great minds uh, mm-hmm. living twice the length that they did, it certainly seems like we'd have uh, technology, you know, technology would be inc- increased greatly. And I think that we'll probably see something like that in the relatively near future. Nick, I don't want to cut you out of this.
9: This expanded way beyond my original
1: topic. <laughs> Thanks for the call. Eight five five four
0: five zero three seven three three.
1: So, I, I, back to this whole idea of the original sin. I, I think that I've been thinking about this a lot lately, and I know we're coming up on the end of the segment. But I think it relates. And tease it. Tease it. It relates back to liberty in a very explicit way, and I would like to discuss that.
0: Okay, I'm wondering about this. here on Free Talk Live. Does religion stand in the way of human liberty? Talk Live, live Sunday edition here with Mark and Brett and Stephanie. You can give us a call at 855 450 free. That's 855 450 3733. On October 19th, let the establishment know that we, the people, not the media, will decide the future of this country. Head on over to blackthisout.com to be part of the largest grassroots donation effort in history. This is the first step in getting the government out of your life, out of this economy. Again, it's blackthisout.com today. Let the media know that you won't stand by and let your freedom be blacked out. It's blackthisout.com. I'm going to participate in this, and, you know, I'd like it if you would, too. It's blackthisout.com. Stephanie? Yes. Original sin.
1: Yeah. So we were talking about original sin in the last segment, and uh, Mark, you were kind of questioning how is this relevant to liberty or is it relevant? And I think it really is because for for several reasons, but one that came up a little bit earlier on the show, uh, as Brett was mentioning, is the the treatment of children. I mean, the idea that children are born evil, you know, all people are born evil because of this original sin that happened. And they essentially need to be beat into submission and dominated and just treated like... Uh, little animals, right? And they're really not, uh, it's really not respecting them as people. So, and it's, I- in chill- it's in schools, it's in all kinds of stuff. I, I
0: would agree that uh, the, the the ideas that Judeo-Christian, which encompasses Islam also, um, idea tends it has many sort of undertones that are less than favorable. I think that it has some good stuff involved in it, too. But, uh, you know, I, I, as far as weighing them out, what the goods and the bads are, where society would be, would be like predicting the future. We've got 2,000 years of this stuff and noting one side of the other, you know, it's, it's very difficult. But you know i, I would hate i hate it when i dis- dislike it when um religion is dumped into say just the belief of god a belief in god i believe there's a creator however i don't know that i have religious beliefs um or maybe i do i don't know how to even use these terms properly well, but a lot of people that
1: Oftentimes belief in a creator or sort of new age religious beliefs Mm -hmm. or spiritual beliefs, I mean, it it still is belief in something supernatural, right? So it's not consistent with the natural world that we understand, right? And I think that uh, there are times when even those beliefs, uh, though they may not be associated with some of the really heinous things that are in mainstream religions, are, are still damaging because it's a belief in something that's not... Uh, obviously real you know it's a it's a it's suspending disbelief it's uh, making oneself susceptible to believing what an authority figure says instead of what You can make sense of out of the world. No, I think
0: that at the same time it it does um, allow. For one, if I go by my own experiences, my experiences are I've had uh, these you know supernatural feelings, these amazing awe sort of filled experiences where I you know feel God. Um, So my experiences tell me there's a God. I would have to listen to an authority figure like a scientist or somebody like that to believe that there isn't one. So Um, do you?
1: Would you believe that uh, if you believe in a God? Do you believe that a God is uh, pulling the strings or sort of controlling things? I don't know. I, really, I
0: tend to wonder about that. Um, you know, there's, there's times in my because life. Because
1: that could be a dangerous idea, too. I mean, as people who are into liberty. you there know, There are I people think
0: that we... believe in pred- predestination that don't even believe that there is a God. There are people that believe that your um, your animal instincts and your chemicals run your your mind. So the idea that um, you right. know, Christians believe in predestination or people religious people believe in predestination and non-religious people believe in it. So I mean, there they are do. And some, kooky ideas. I mean, I don't. I don't believe in well, predestination. Right, the, at but
1: the no. kooky ideas are the are the problem, Mark. I just mean,
2: clarification: it, Are we talking about determinism? Yeah, determinism. yeah, determinism. I think predestination, which I just mentioned because it's kind of funny, was the idea that it was already decided at the very beginning. Who will go to heaven and who will go to hell?
1: Uh, okay.
0: But it also decides everything that's in between. I'm mean, Sure. Yeah, there's The yeah. no reason you had yeah. to go. And it makes perfectly good sense. If God is um, all-powerful, then he must have created time. And to create time, you have to be outside of it. So, therefore, everything that exists through time had to have been created by God all at once.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's well, crazy there, stuff. Are, there are I, I many understand. paradoxes, right? Like how could how could um a god know everything that's going to happen so determinism essentially mm-hmm. uh it, you know, it, it doesn't make any sense. I I I just laugh and get tripped up when I even think about it because there's so many logical mental gymnastics that one has to put oneself through to kind of wrap their head around it and I just think that that kind of Thinking Like just accepting things that don't really make sense can be really dangerous and can lead people down bad paths.
0: Well, I mean, it's it's just a it's a fear of the unknown. I mean, I don't know how many New Age religions have led people down bad paths. I'm not really uh, sure of that. I mean, the idea that it's, there is a God and it, it that He created the universe and that just, He uh, loves us. It's just accepting I, things
1: that aren't evidence based and are not consistent with reality. But
0: I, I, I just explained to you that um, I, that your evidence is different than my evidence because this is all perceptual. We're experiencing this world through our senses and they are what they are i mean maybe i'm mistaken maybe you're mistaken right the possibility exists that you're mistaken and uh, you won't accept it for a second but <laughs> i mean it the only i guess the only possibility seems, here is that i'm pretty, mistaken right it seems pretty
1: clear that <laughs> Mark, let's go to zach you didn't Florida. let me finish my thought go ahead that's fine go ahead finish your thought no i'm sick i'm secure enough and- okay it's fine.
0: <laughs> oh, Zach in Florida. Here we go. Zach, you're on Free Talk Live.
1: Uh, one second, sorry. Uh,
11: Hello? Sorry, speakerphone. Uh, just wanted to call in and uh about something I was thinking about last night, about how government affects the market just whenever it does anything.
0: Yeah, it indeed Hello? it does. Okay.
11: Every time that uh the government does anything that would otherwise be done by the free market, or in the private sector, you know there's unchecked inefficiencies there's a uh, costs that go up you know always, and because the uh, the funds are being provided not by customers well not customers in the traditional sense you know these customers can't say no they, Surfs. you know they can't really shop anywhere else, so those costs just go up you know it's easy money, sure you know it doesn't respond to market incentives and so let we'll go up at least for a little bit. You know, if that happens in the private sector, that cost is controlled. To not waste profit for the, the company owner, you know, to not add cost to the customer, so they don't go to your competition. But in the government, it's just, you know, oh, well, whatever. You borrow more, tax more. It doesn't really matter, right? It's infinite money.
0: It's close. I mean, obviously, yeah. at some point or another, the house of cards falls.
11: Well, of course. But, uh... And, you know, we don't even necessarily need or want the service that's being provided by, you know, the business that we have to go to, yeah. you know, aka war, bailouts, you know, really anything. Drug war. Yeah. And, uh, this leads to, uh, not only extra cost, but a loss in innovation. So uh, every time a cost goes up in business, you want to try to prevent that cost, right? You want to do something different. You want to, you want to innovate a new product. a new way of doing things to keep that cost low or make it appealing and so every time that's not done you just you don't innovate anything you just keep it the status
9: quo just for
1: zach does anybody hear anything (laughs) no it's gone i think zach might have dropped off the line
0: i i I don't know whether that's the case we <laughs> lost him says uh g c n you know i
1: I don't think he'll find much disagreement with us yeah right, with what know, he was saying
0: one thing he's pointing out that's obviously true is that the government if Zach wants to call back in we can uh, we, we can take his call um, mm-hmm. you know if if there's some kind of technical difficulty the one rule the one call per evening rule does not necessarily apply, but um you know the government is an agency that does not have incentive to innovate it can continue i mean look at the last organizations to pick up computers Uh, as as i understand it we read
1: didn't the cia not have email until a couple it was the fbi FBI. and it was uh,
0: relatively recently and they couldn't they just couldn't just couldn't make it work sorry we just can't make an email system work
1: unbelievable and uh, you know (laughs)
0: you know what contract with yahoo they'll get you something um at the time yahoo would have been a bigger provider of uh email addresses than um than than many but you know it just it, it it's baffling zach's back okay well let's just go ahead and take zach here zach you were saying
11: sorry about sorry about that go ahead all right uh you were talking you want to continue or no go right ahead okay and uh you know every time that cost goes up you want to create you want to innovate you want to do something different and that when the government has a hand in it either by completely doing it itself i.e the roads uh some some fields of health or whatever or just even something that it regulates like in the usda or environmental policy or any of these really you just it just stays the same there's no incentive to change anything because the government just tells you how it's done and what to do and therefore uh you know, it wouldn't usually be that big of a deal, but this creates parasitic business models that feed off of those inefficiencies. Yeah. Those costs that just go up.
1: I think there are great and, uh, arguments to be had that if you're if you own a business or run one that you should not take government contracts because they will hurt your business.
0: Zach, I wanna I want to hear where you're going with this. Um, uh, just hold the line if you will. 855-450-3733. It's free talk live, eight five five four five zero free.
10: We wouldn't be where we are without our amplifiers. Their $3 per month helps us spread Free Talk Live and gets them access to perks at amp.freetalklive.com. Free Talk
0: Live, 855-453. You can call in, talk about whatever you want to talk about. It has been a wide and varied evening. 855-450-3733 here on Free Talk Live. Check out freetalklive.com. There you can uh, get interactive with the website, post stories, blog posts, whatever you'd like, link to them, vote vote them up, vote them down. Others can do the same with yours. It's freetalklive.com. A lot more traffic there, say, than maybe your Facebook page. So if you want to get a story out to people, post it at freetalklive.com. Let's go to Zach in Florida. Zach? How you doing? And we're back with you.
11: All right. So I was just uh, talking about how um, these unchecked inefficiencies in government lead to a parasitic business model that feed off of the easy money. Uh, they just they're they're created just to make you know what some people would call unethical money. You know, just like Medicare, these entire organizations are set up just to treat Medicare patients. Yeah.
3: Um,
0: that sure.
1: wouldn't really necessarily
3: exist Uploaded in a free market,
0: up. right? Right. In the same way, that doctors' offices have to hire all kinds of staff in order to, um, you know, comply with yeah. the mandates and dictates of government. And well, their, most um,
1: lawyers are a great example of this because they would their jobs would not exist in a in a in a economy CPAs, where people um, <laughs> interacted voluntarily.
0: CPAs, a large m- m- portion of their business is uh, you know doing taxes, yeah. um, yep. and these taxes are absolutely what you're talking about. So go on, Zach.
11: And like, a good example is Michelle Bach. She wouldn't really be where she is today if not but for government incentive from being a tax attorney, uh, getting welfare from the state for her farm, and wow. et cetera, et cetera.
2: And money for foster kids, too.
11: Yeah, quite a, quite a few dozen.
1: <laughs> huh. I did not and, know uh, that.
11: Yeah. You can't really, you know, you can't really hate on a company for trying to make as much money as it can, unless... You know, they're not really, they don't really run ethically. They just run, like, on automatic, like, make as much money as possible. You know, keep going, keep going, keep going.
0: Sure. I mean, there's a need in the marketplace, and people will, um, you know, attempt to fill that. So, you know, I it's, it's just one of those things, I guess, is probably the best way to describe and, it.
11: And the thing is, you you can't not do business with these companies you don't like. You can't not give Lucky Martin money. You can't not give Raytheon money.
2: You well,
0: can't
11: not give Blackwater money. It just, you're going to.
2: Sure. You know, Zach, on a on a much, much smaller scale than Raytheon, uh, I run a tutoring business. And, you know, this is a dilemma that uh, I've dealt with a lot in the past, where it, sometimes the only way that I'm going to get an opportunity to work with a kid or do something really exciting is if the district pays me to do it, you know, because the family doesn't have the money. Um, and, yeah. you know, that's, that's, a, that's a real conflict. And, uh, you know, I've debated with the people that I work uh, with about should we should we really be trying to make relationships with these uh, with these public schools is that really a good use of our time where you know that's that's not a business to business relationship and i'm probably if i go in and try to talk to a guidance counselor about what i can do for a students sat scores you know i could talk and talk and talk and hand them you know facts and figures and and they might just stand there and be like why is this guy interrupting my mind sweeper game Uh, you know, like they really, that's not a business to business relationship and they don't have the incentives to, uh, you know, to respond to, to what I'm offering when I've gone into private schools and tried the same thing. I've been much more successful, but you know, I certainly understand the, uh, that conflict and I, I don't know what that feels like or what that looks like on the larger scale of these companies who see all this government money just dangled everywhere and and they try to grab it, but you're definitely right. There's no way not to do business with them.
11: I mean, if you're in this conflict, I'm sure other people are as well. Sure. And I'm sure it would just lead to the the more unethical and, like, the worst people end up on top because of this. Because they don't care where the money comes from. They just want the money.
2: Well, I think there's a lot of rationalization, too. And, and, you know, I've even engaged Mm -hmm. in some of that. Like, you know, I've said, uh, these people pay property taxes. These people who want me to tutor their child, but they can get the money from the district district for some reason, like special ed or something else. And, you know, they pay property taxes, and I'm just helping them get that money back for a service that they want. So, uh, you know, I'm sure as you go see, up...
11: I see in your case, you could argue that. But in a case like Lucky Martin, when they make tens of billions of dollars that they didn't ever pay in taxes, Mm-hmm. and
1: they 're making the bombs with it <laughs> i right. mean yeah, yeah. that 's a little different we than have to, to
0: we have to protect the cradle of liberty for god 's sake. The okay. only way you can uh you know protect these things is with the blood of patriots
2: you know, there 's always a rationalization there 's always
0: a rationalization and and, and, yeah. and i 'm not saying that these rationalizations you know I always wonder. Yes, I'd like the liberty-oriented police officer to be on the beat. I like that idea. And I know that there's plenty of them. They listen to the show. Some of them call in sometimes. But does it really matter if the liberty-oriented police officer is the one who's kicking my door in in a SWAT raid? I, I wonder at what point does it end? Does it matter when people um, you know, believe in the ideas of liberty and the ones that don't? And to me, I've, I've come to – we need to expand these ideas. This The time's ripe for it. The world is in – essentially, and in revolution at this point, um, across the globe, they're looking for answers and the Liberty Movement has them. The question is, how are we going to get those answers to these people that need them? And I think that at this point here in the United States, the uh, Liberty Movement started the Tea Party and it got co-opted by the Republicans. The the Liberty Movement can, to some extent, in the form of Anonymous, started these uh, Occupy movements and... They look like they're being co-opted, co-opted by the Democrats. And the unions, yep. And, and one really yep. wonders exactly, you know, what are we doing? What should we be doing? How are we failing here? And I, I don't Somehow know. Somehow
11: remove the incentive, you know, that'd be the best option.
0: What's that, Zach? Remove the incentives. Somehow remove the incentives. Yeah, it'd be for great, them. but, I mean, you know, I yeah. my magic wand isn't working today. Exactly. And, you course. know, I mean, <laughs> so we're in tough shape. The Hard incentives work. exist for violence, and they, um, you know, the government has, uh, you know, is essentially an organization that has risen the top in the area of violence. Um, it is the, you know, it's the organization that protects us from the violent people by being violent, um, threatening us and them in the process. So, you know, I, it, it is well entrenched, and I really don't know, um, you know, how one deals with it other than education. Zach, I do appreciate the call. Let's go to Sean in California. Give us a call at 855-450-FREE. Sean? Sean, can you hear me now? Hi. Hey. Yes, I can hear you. Great. You're on Free Talk Live. What's on your mind?
5: All right, so I've noticed um, you know a lot of libertarians trying to reach out to the Occupy Wall Street protesters you know trying to discuss the you know various ways that government is responsible for the situation that we're in you know the primarily the Federal Reserve seems to be a major target, but I do think there's sort of a a problem I've noticed with a lot of the Occupy Wall Street people and it's a problem with of what you might call big government liberalism in general and i don't think that we're going to really be able to make much progress as libertarians with occupy wall street until it's addressed uh to give you an example of something that i noticed that you know they do the little pictures where they're holding like a notepad and they've scribbled on you know blah 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 blah, blah i'm the 99 percent yeah and i remember seeing one where it was like uh, you know i'm a single mom divorced age 22 or something like that i don't remember if that's exactly what it is and I don't have, you know, any kind of 401k or savings for my future. I'm the 99%. And I remember when I saw that, I it's not that I don't empathize with her. I mean, that's, you know, not a good situation to be in. But I also kind of got a vibe from that of, you know, I made some decisions that really didn't work out for me and nobody's covering me for it. And I do think there are a lot of people that – want a society in which they can essentially leech off of others without having to provide anything back. And it's not that I don't understand, you know, a desire for a safety net and things like that. But I do think there's a large amount of the population that has either been trained through their schooling or through their, you know, upbringing that they should be able to demand, you know, other people's labor for their benefit. And they're not going to be interested in arguments about how the government is causing the problems, unless the solution you offer is you giving them something that doesn't require that they work for it.
2: Well, that's what's really sad about this, too, is that, you know, they're going around calling themselves uh, the 99%. Uh, That figure uh, might not be accurate, but I think what's really sad, especially when you consider the direction that this whole movement's gone in, is that these people are really the 1%. You know, you think about how many people there are in this country, and... You know, how many of them understand something's wrong, and then how many of them are willing to do something about it,
0: and you're not really mm. left with anybody. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just make one wonder. Sean, do you have something else?
5: Uh, no, that was just the thought that I had. I was just interested in opinions on that.
0: Thanks very yes. much. Free Talk Live.
10: We wouldn't be where we are without our amplifiers. Their $3 per month helps us spread Free Talk Live and gets them access to perks at amp.freetalklive.com.
0: 855 450 free Sickle toll free call in line 855 450 3733 it's mark with you and brett and stephanie the asset to the show you are an asset to the show <laughs> You have all kinds of assets. The time to stand up for freedom is now. The media won't help us. The establishment won't help us. They wish to black us out. Well, let them black this out. On October the 19th, tens of thousands of Americans will be donating to Ron Paul's presidential campaign. BlackThisOut.com will join them in the fight for liberty and freedom. It's BlackThisOut.com. I am going to participate in this. I would encourage you to do the same. It's BlackThisOut.com. So, Stephanie, could you do a little recap with the uh, last caller there for me? You're probably better at this than I am.
1: Sure. Well, I don't recall his name, unfortunately, but he wanted our opinions on the 99, the occupiers, basically, and whether they just kind of have an entitlement mentality or whether they just are looking to get free stuff. And I thought he presented his uh, premise really well. He was saying that, you know, he can empathize with people being in a tough spot in their life, but... He kind of just got this vibe that they are looking to get free stuff without them having to earn it. You know what I mean?
0: Are you paying close attention to the Occupy thing?
1: Uh, Medium close. Okay. I mean, yeah. Do you get that same vibe? Yeah, yeah it depends on who, who they are. But for some people, yeah. Um, but I can't really... I mean, it seems to be a natural consequence of the environment in which they grow up. You know what I mean? They are taught that they, they should get... Stuff for free, and that it's too scary and too hard to go out on your own and be an entrepreneur or really be a leader in any meaningful sense.
0: So I, I. I tend to get the similar a similar vibe. I don't I will not claim for a second that every occupier out there is uh, out there with their hand out wanting a free college. Um, no, you know, it's the- a
1: really diverse movement. And I think also like there are some people who grab on to the few uh things that are scribbled on notebooks that say I'm the 99% and yep. I want you to pay for my college. Like there are people who grab those on and perpetrate them and say, "See? Look, they're all like this." And they're not all like that for sure. Uh but you know, maybe there is a little bit of that out there. I,
2: what I'd like to see, though, is somebody hopefully and maybe it's happened and I haven't seen it, but somebody renouncing or or the a larger part of the group mm. renouncing the, these demands that they've met uh, yeah. made. I don't know if you guys have seen. These. I've seen but, some like, demands. Sure. Yeah. And, 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 and,
0: and most of them look like they were, uh, they, you know, they're, they're newer versions of the Communist Manifesto. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And, but, you know. But supposedly that came from one guy in the forums and it's not necessarily representative. There have been some other demands that are sort of
0: representative and they are,
1: um, you know, they want to bring back the Glass-Steagall
0: Act and essentially, uh, politicked-up versions of this. You know, we want our healthcare. We want our college. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, we want all these things. And, you know, I guess how does one. I tend to agree that there is a lot of that in the Occupy movement. I guess the message that has to be made for those people is yes, the marketplace has your college for you, it has the education that you need to get what you want in this life. So it has it for you. You don't need to spend a hundred, you don't need to go a hundred thousand dollars in debt to get it. Yep. It has a uh, better education for your kids. It has for you uh for people that actually need help. Now I don't know about the single mom. There's a lot of single mom stories out there and I don't know, you know, it's uh, I they they can be inspiring, they can be uh disheartening. It's it's really, you know, it's it's hard to say. But in my opinion, if I didn't uh if I didn't F that girl. Am I responsible for for taking care of her kids? Should I come over to her house and feed um, and feed the baby too? I mean, I'm not trying to sound callous here, but at what point does my responsibility end? I mean, should she be able to sit around and do nothing? I'm working 12 hours a day and I don't know how much more or less I'm making than she is. And it seems, it it seems like saying I demand to have my stuff delivered to me because you guys owe it to me. You know,
1: well, you know, that's, about the college thing that's the story that they're told that's the narrative it's like if you want to be successful you have to go to college and sure. it doesn't matter how much money you spend to get that degree it's your golden ticket and increasingly now that's becoming untrue you know because especially when it's degrees that the golden really...
0: ticket is kind of like golden uh con- concrete shoes i mean yeah they're they're, yeah. they're sinking these kids
1: absolutely
2: it really yeah that's it's kind of like watching this uh you know tribe you know just stricken with famine and and you know the subsequent uh, you know from a drought or whatever, and mustering the last bit of their energy to do like a rain dance, you know, when when they're <laughs> when they're just going to the government and saying you have to do something, and you know if this all, like, let's just say hypothetically that over the course of the next decade things work out for them, and we get a single payer, which is a hilarious intellectually insulting euphemism, single payer yeah. healthcare system, and we get, um, you know, have more uh, subsidies for, for college. You know, that will be the scene, and that will be uh, seen as a success. But the unseen is all of the regulation and all of the obstacles and all of the flaming hoops that were set up in both of these fields, higher. education education and healthcare that drove the costs up the subsidies for yeah. for college loans and uh you know all of the regulations and the influence of the AMA in the healthcare industry that drove these costs up to where they are today that those are government problems and now they're turning right back around and saying we need government solutions to government problems.
0: So, so wealth exists in sort of two ways. Wealth exists as in in the real world as what the wealth we have today. Now the wealth we have today is more wealth than we had 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. The wealth pie continues to expand. So hardworking people get wealth from two places: creating wealth and then getting wealth from other people. Um, when you have a society like ours that uh, has moving from a society that used to reward innovation and reward uh, you know, people that uh, you know, create goods and services for others in the marketplace and moving more towards an economy where you know people demand stuff, uh, you know, companies go for the government welfare, the, the easy handout from, from the government, and there's less sort of wealth creation inside the economy i mean there's a lot of the wealth that exists in the world was created in the united states when it was the freest country on earth is no can no longer make that claim people that um, are waving their flags and claiming the united states is the freest country on earth are not looking at the facts Um, and there are other countries out there that are creating wealth at this point, and they're extracting the wealth from the United States. So you have this class of uh, you know babies um, in the United States, in infant, in infant- Terribs these terrible babies. Um, my my phrase is terrible. Beautiful. Okay. <laughs> these these terrible babies that believe that they um, they are entitled to something because well they're 22 years old. They're put out on the streets. Their parents don't want to take care of them anymore. They've only been taken care of all their lives. They don't understand what the real world has for um, has in store for them, which is you know hard work, responsibility, these kind of things that will result in good stuff. And the government is all more than willing to get in between you and your money and them and their desires and take a healthy cut for themselves. And this is how wealth is destroyed. This is how a nation is pillaged. And that's what's happening. Now, I don't know whether it's going to be 20 years from now that the United States is going to be the, the, you know, not going to be the place to be. I've already heard uh, some very influential people like, I think it was doug casey i think this is a doug casey quote i'm not 100 sure but he said um you know if i was a young man i'd be in southeast asia right now mm. mm-hmm. and one's got to wonder free talk live 855-450-3733 free talk live Free Talk Live, 855-450-3733. You can call in and talk about whatever you want to talk about. 855-450-FREE. Here on Free Talk Live, it's Mark with you. And Brett. And Stephanie. Let's. Uh, this is the show about your calls, so let's go to your calls. It's Conrad and Fargo. Listen to WDAY. Conrad?
12: Hey, I can't believe you guys are on my station. <laughs> That's so cool.
0: It's your station? Hey.
12: Well, I mean, I've been, I've been listening to you guys since, like, I started college, so, like, the last six years. Awesome. And, yeah, and I've always been podcasting. You guys are finally in my town. I deliver pizzas.
1: You've been in college and... for six years, or you <laughs> Lots graduated?
12: Of no, I actually— This story! Um, Conrad, I, I'm not so I sure about your
0: story family. at this point. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well,
12: well I, I'm actually back delivering pizzas because I make more money doing that.
0: Then what was your degree uh, in?
12: I had uh, two and a half degrees. I had uh, graphic communications and an East Asian studies uh, major. I also took the honors class. The degrees were worthless, of course, because college is a waste of time and money. Uh, don't go to college. I guess it's best advice
1: I can get. I don't know if it was a waste for me. I I think I got a lot out of your doctor. Well, yeah, I'm it depends on yeah.
2: what you want to do for a career. Like if you want to be a lawyer or a doctor or even a engineer. veterinarian, yeah. an engineer. But, yeah, but you need to go the to real college.
3: Question is, is university
12: the best way that you got that information maybe you would have you could have gotten it for a lot cheaper information
2: is cheap on the internet
12: well that's but that's you don't yes. have to
2: pay thousands of dollars
1: well you know i i agree with you although um at the time when i went i i don't think the resources were there at least i didn't know about them to teach myself biochemistry and physics and, and uh, organic chemistry and all that kind of stuff and but I would for say- medical school i would love it in fact i've had this idea before to make some kind of an open source medical education program that people could use to help themselves or other people or something like that but
12: well i i think it's called wikipedia i don't know if you've heard of it um, <laughs> well, well yeah it has wikipedia a lot of no on but
1: wikipedia me. doesn't have everything that you need to know uh, about medicine it has a lot of things it has definitely a A lot of things, but it's uh, in some ways there are things that are missing that I would like to see added and maybe I should add them. But, I mean, I would like to make some kind of a program, like some kind of an online uh, medical school, at least where people could learn the basics and then maybe go do some kind of uh, field work where they... With a doctor I would think they, you'd be you know, a better
0: veterinarian by sitting in with a veterinarian than you would for going to, you know, I, I would think that you could probably learn by starting at age 16 at a veterinarian's office and, and be ready to, you know, be your own veterinarian by 25 to 28 or something like that it is how and it, it have used made to be done. minimum wage.
1: I, I think you have to yeah. have the basic foundations, like you have to kind of know a little bit about, you know, anatomy and physiology and other things, but uh, the veterinarian will teach you that.
3: Uh, it, yeah, I I guess some... my big point would
12: be never to pay for information. Ever. Ever.
1: There you go.
0: How much, how many, how much you got in Scott, uh, student loans there, Conrad?
12: Uh, about, uh, 30 grand left. I started with 40. I paid off 10.
0: The, all with the pizza job? Uh, yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Well, so what's I, the amazing story out, that you were calling yeah, about? well,
12: yeah, I, uh, I quit slash got fired. Uh, it was one of those, I quit and they're like, no, you quit, you're fired kind of thing. They uh-huh. kicked me out. It's from of college. delivering they hired pizzas? For, uh now I'm delivering pizzas. But no, no, no. I was I was an executive at a top one hundred internet retailer. In okay. fact, um Mark, we I was the one who twisted their arm to get some advertising uh, with Free Talk Life.
0: I do appreciate that. Gotcha. Huh. I yeah, remember the conversation and, uh, now, Conrad.
12: Yeah, I mean I don't want to bring up any names or anything, but uh yeah, it's uh, I helped build their company and then basically what ended up happening.
1: Conrad,
0: apparently Uh, they heard a disconnect. (laughs) Conrad, you can call back. I wonder if we're having trouble with our phones tonight. Um, You know, we've had we've had two drop calls, and so we'll see what's What's going on. Um, (laughs) Charles, the board op, is claiming it was not him.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I like Charles. Hi, Charles. (laughs) You know,
0: it it, it, it's a tough position that uh, kids today can get put in. They're they're told go to college, and your life will be taken care of. Just go to college. Do what do whatever it takes. Get the loans. Do whatever. And it's not always the answer.
2: Oh, it's a real scam because you think about in the last 20 or 25, 30 years, not only has there been such an increase in the pressure on these kids to go to school, like where now it's almost like, you know, the 13th grade. I had no, there there was essentially no option for me. Sure, sure. Me neither. Uh but on the other end too, what we already uh, addressed is all of the additional money that's being poured in as subsidies, which is you know sending a signal to private institutions that it's okay for them to drive up their prices. Sure. So it's it's almost this. Uh, I don't want to call it like a. It's, no, it's like a scam, pretty much. I mean, if you think about it, if you look at the big picture.
0: It's um you know it's tough it's tough stuff um to try to imagine I mean there was a a time when people would apprentice uh, apprentice at at jobs and they would learn things and I'm not going to say that the apprentice system was perfect in any way shape, every way shape or form but I really have to wonder and I'm not saying every job Stephanie I I would say biochemistry hmm, maybe you should have a foundation for that one
1: it's pretty technical yeah and I mean but a lot of jobs uh have technical aspects to them that you can learn on the job. I agree with that. And for sure. uh, but but it seems to me
0: that you could learn for for veterinarian, um, you know, Brett brought that up and I think it's a great example. I wish if, if i had the other life to live veterinarian would be the thing i, I like animals huh. uh, you know i'm interested in it and i'll bet you learn a more, heck of a lot more by working in the veterinarian's
1: office than you do by going to school and that little did you know that the, it's more difficult to get into vet school than it is to med school these these days no i had no idea yeah because there are fewer vet schools and uh, a lot of people want to be veterinarians it seems like a fun job and actually the veterinary industry is so much less regulated than medicine, allowing a lot of more. The veterinary clinics have uh, very good customer service, and there are some people sure. uh, who say that their pets get better care than them, actually, and that's really sad. I think I, it's really unfortunate. I've heard that shows. in Canada,
0: but I don't know. Um, you know, I, I don't know anything about anything. I'm uh, not going mean, to defend the United States, uh, you know, system either. It's yeah. it's half socialized too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, in fact, uh, you know, I. It seems like uh, you could learn 98% of what you need to know working in the veterinarian clinic. And then, yeah, I believe people need education. I believe they need continuing education in their jobs. I educate myself every day in order to be able to do my mm. job better. Mm-hmm. And I would hope that other people are at least looking forward in their education. They may not be educating themselves in the same way. I mean, you know, being a talk show host, one needs to be up to date on as much stuff as one can, and especially mm-hmm. – running a show like Free Talk Live where you can call in and talk about whatever you want to talk about. It's nice to seem somewhat informed on these subjects or at least have somebody in the room that's somewhat informed.
1: You know, I I have to disagree with something that the caller said, which was never pay for information. And I think that, yeah, maybe the information itself, he's right. But like sometimes I think it can be really helpful to... Hire someone to compile information for you, for instance, like I could go on the Internet and pick a a topic, whatever topic I wanted to learn about, and I could try to read all kinds of stuff and gather whatever I could from it. But, you know, sometimes if I hire an expert to give me the executive summary or if I get a book about it that's really well put together, it saves me a lot of time and I have the relevant information in front of me. You know what I mean? I
0: can see both type uh, sides of this one, and I yeah. tend, to, uh, tend to agree. Like, for instance, I'm interested in two subjects. If I were to go back to school and get a degree in something, and sometimes I entertain this, and this just goes to show how thoroughly we are, ingrained we are, I want to be able to say to people for whatever reason, oh, yeah, well, I've got a Ph.D. in history and economics. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, you know, I'm, <laughs> I, I can learn all the things I want to learn about economics and history right on the internet. Literally everything I want to learn. And I do spend a lot of time, um, you know, studying these, these subjects, not as much uh, economics as I should, because frankly, I, I I have some trouble understanding it from the very beginning.
1: But it 's not everything a lot of libertarians like to look at everything in economic terms, and mm-hmm. that can get a little bit uh, uncompassionate and a little bit boring and monotonous after a while in, indeed
0: but you know when you when you look at these um, the, the way that people you know choose to get educated um, it <sighs> You know the there can be an inspirational teacher, and I think that these uh, are yep. worth their weight in gold. Um, if, for instance, uh, you know the guy who comes to mind is this uh, Anthony Robbins fellow who mm-hmm. does these uh, you know uh, inspirational sort of speaking. And things. And
1: sometimes when you have specific questions, like the most efficient way to get those answered is by having an expert in front of you, not just necessarily looking for the answer in a haystack. Sometimes they're wrong though. Yep, that's true.
0: Free talk live eight five five four five zero free. Eight. Why am I giving them a number? Well, maybe you can slide you in here. 855-450-FREE. I'm only going to give it once, though. If you didn't get it, that's it. It's Mark with you. <laughs> and Brett.
1: And Stephanie.
0: It's the uh, last segment. It's pretty harsh, Mark. I, I, I can be, I, I. you know, this is no entitlement program. Right. Yeah. <laughs> See, how do you like that? <laughs> All right. Well, I think we absolutely need to get to Kelvin in Colorado. Kelvin?
8: Uh, good evening, comrades. <laughs>
13: Uh, Anyway uh, I uh, wanted to get a little bit of Insight from you guys Uh, I subscribe to the Libertarian philosophy all My adult wife But I've been really inspired by you guys And the uh, concept of the free state Project and I'm I'm Really tempted to try to make The move and everything Uh, But I'm also uh, A pretty conservative kind of guy in that You know picking up and Moving across the country and all that is uh, a big step for me, and I don't—I wouldn't take that lightly. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm uh, kind of wondering about uh, if I uh, start searching for employment. Uh, I work in the uh, the high tech electronics industry. Mm-hmm. Uh, does that does that kind of restrict me to the uh, uh, Manchester area, or is there?
1: Um, not necessarily, that, Kelvin. I want to say first of all, I'm really glad that you're considering moving to New Hampshire because you are one of my favorite callers on Free Talk Live. I'm not gonna lie, I like your scientific. You got a fan? You have a fan, Kelvin? Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I his, love it. he's Lord Kelvin. That's what I always call him. Anyway, <laughs> um, what I would recommend is on Facebook there is a group, and Facebook is used a lot by free state project, people to network with each other, and so is Google+. But uh, there's a group on Facebook called FSP Job Alert, and this has been an enormously useful group for many people who are out of New Hampshire and are looking for jobs. It's, it's a group where there are jobs posted every single day from just public advertisements, jobs in New Hampshire, and many of them are in high-tech fields, engineering, software development, uh, all kinds of things like that. And even, I've even seen biomedical jobs. So I don't know. It, it probably would not restrict you to the Manchester area. There's a lot of that kind of activity up in Hanover by Dartmouth College and all, as well as Nashua. So there's lots of different places you could go. I think that it, Manch, the,
0: the Manch-Nashua corridor is kind of like this. Fr- yeah, frankly, yeah. Concord, um, Manch, and Nashua are pretty sort of a megalopolis almost.
1: Sure. I would <laughs> yeah. think
2: that half the state's population is probably within that Yep like tri-city Easily. area we also have portsmouth which is coastal it's a little bit more expensive oh, expensive yeah. How it's could a beautiful city though and uh if you go i think past your area north there there isn't much there's
1: not much up there yeah what are you but-
0: concerned you're going to miss by being in the manchester area
13: uh well the uh seems like the uh, hotbeds of agorism and voluntarism. uh are Keene, and then I read on Wikipedia that uh, a place called Grafton, which I've never heard you guys even mention. Uh, Graf-
1: you know, Grafton has, I live near Grafton actually, and it's been pretty quiet lately. It seems, it's a very rural place, you know, and it's difficult to find a good internet connection there. A lot of people go there because they want to be left alone, and understandably, it's beautiful, but uh, a lot of the public activism I think takes place nowadays in Keene and Manchester. And, you know, uh, Kelvin, I, I would like to encourage you to come to one of the events like Liberty Forum, which is happening in February, or Pork Fest, because not only would you be able to visit New Hampshire and take a look around at different areas and see what you like, but also... You'd be able to meet a lot of people that you can network with, and they may be able to help you when you're looking for a house or a job, or just have some friends to support you.
0: Yeah, I think you, I think it would take uh, a couple of years to really know where it was that you felt that you know you felt you needed to live inside of New Hampshire. Yes,
1: I agree. So maybe renting for a year or two is an option yeah. as well. Get mm-hmm. a
0: job um, wherever you want to get a job and live near your job, and then you know, travel to different, um, you know, different ones of these uh, places. The good thing about New Hampshire the,
1: is you can pretty much drive from anywhere to anywhere within at least an hour, you know, an hour and a half to two hours. So yeah. it's pretty accessible. Does that answer Excellent. your question?
0: Uh,
13: yeah, I, uh, and one more aspect of this is I get the sense sometimes that there's sort of a discrimination or, or free-staters are sort of uh, looked at with suspicion, uh by a lot of people. And I can kind of understand that because my understanding of the Free State Project is that uh, the idea was to find a state with a low population where a a smaller amount of liberty levers can move there. And I thought it was to affect the political process because we're pretty much crushed anywhere else in the the country. Uh, So anyhow, I was wondering if I should, uh, like, not advertise the uh, idea that I was of the Free Stater I think openness and
1: honesty for me in my life are the best policy on pretty much everything.
0: I would not volunteer this particular information um, any more than I would volunteer the information that I was hep positive. Um, you know, I had hep B. I think that this is uh, information. It's not a disease to be a free stater. It, 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 indeed it's and not. And even if you had hepatitis,
1: me, it's, you shouldn't be discriminated
0: <laughs> against because of that. Um, but I, you know, I think that, I think these are the realities and that people make decisions based on, um, you know, things they know about you, these little tidbits that they may or may not know. If somebody finds out you're a free stater after a year of knowing you, that's one thing. It's another thing entirely for somebody to find out the pers- first piece of information they find out about you is that you're a free stater, And I don't think that there's any, really particularly any value in riding around in a van that says, I'm a free stater" written on the side, uh, because it... Um, well, sure the there is. It's,
1: project, you, if you live your life in a way that you're proud of your actions and you are an upstanding person, you know, and you, you can say yeah i'm a free stater and people might see that and their perceptions might change if they had a misconception or something like that
0: a few of them might most of them will probably just see a van going by and say oh i hate those people they're here to take
1: over my state i don't know that it's that bad i think it's an exaggeration that most people hate free staters i mean especially outside of Keene, i think that there's probably most people aren't aware of what the free state project
2: is well i have a i have an interesting example too that kind of relates to this Mm -hmm. um I do a podcast called School Sucks. Uh, and I also am a private education service provider. I do SAT tutoring and college consulting in this very state. Now, if the typical, you know, overbearing helicopter parent that would want the services that I provide for SAT were to Google my name, I'm likely going to lose that client. But what actually happened is that um, th- because of what I had done with this show, there was homeschool groups in the state, you know. So there's a lot of like-minded people who aren't just free staters. They're in New Hampshire because, uh, you know, they they see New Hampshire has this reputation as as a freer place already, and they wanted to homeschool their kids here. And they came to me, actually, to try and set up a sort of cooperative. Because you were out and open. Because I was open. uh, Well, it wasn't... But you're in media, right? I
0: mean, you're talking about being out and open on media. I'm, and media.
2: Yeah, I, and, and I'm obviously judicious about how I would reveal this information to people uh, because I don't really think it has much to do with uh, you know what I'm doing professionally. But I'm just saying – there was a way that it did work out but I also see you know Mark's point of view that there are ways that it would not
11: work out
0: for so me. I was sitting with a friend of mine from a Quaker meeting and uh, this is a gal who's lived in New Hampshire most of her life and uh, her son has lived in New Hampshire all of his life he's a mechanic in the local area and um, you know there's been quite a few free staters that have shown up at their Quaker mm-hmm. meeting so she certainly a couple of years ago asked her son hey what about these free staters she doesn't know anything about them so she asked her son and and her son said, "Oh, freestaters are bad." Now her son knows nothing about freestaters, but all he's ever heard is you know the few things that he's gotten through the newspaper and friends and people that you know believe this or that or whatever. So they um, there's if if it comes down to it, libertarians have a message that is contrary to everybody else's philosophy in some way, shape, or form. I don't
1: know. I think there's a lot of common. That's ground. true too.
0: There's a lot of common and ground. It, However, somebody...
1: people tend to focus on negatives. Yeah, but it's a great opportunity to talk with a person about collectivism and can how you are your an individual. Message.
0: If you can control your message, then you're in great shape. I think it's fine if you can control your message. Sit down with a friend that you've made in New Hampshire and say, "Look, I know how you feel about free staters, but I want to reveal this to you. I'm a free stater. This is what free staters really believe." Da 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 da
1: da 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 da. However, no, if you this write is around- what I believe because people are individuals. I don't think free this staters most- all believe in the same way. I mean. Fine, but I'm trying to tell you though, Stephanie, is walking
0: around the Free Stater shirt doesn't do anything to convert anybody. It does nothing for the people in New Hampshire.
1: What does I, it do I, I disagree to forward with that. your message? I disagree with that because if they see somebody who looks like me wearing a Free Stater shirt or whatever, uh, maybe they say, "Huh, she doesn't have horns." You know, she doesn't. I don't look- think
0: any of them really truly believe that the Free Staters have horns.
1: Yeah, but if they—if you're saying that they have all these uh, negative conceptions of Free Staters, if they see someone. Who uh, looks I wear a business n- suit,
0: and they don't like me either.
1: Well, then that's kind of their problem. I mean, I, if you... my suggestion to you, Kelvin, and,
0: and you can take it as if, uh, as you wish. My suggestion is, it's information you should keep under your hat. You're not defined by this one thing, one one website that you've gone and clicked something on in your whole life.
13: <laughs> I was thinking about more job interviews when you have to make
2: a first impression.
13: Good lord, Canada. no! Why
0: do you want to come to New Hampshire? Wear a cop block. I love the weather. <laughs> Free Talk Live. <laughs> you can catch check out more at freetalklive. dot